People have gathered around ideas since the beginning of time, each successful collaboration pushing innovation forward, building a stronger future. Motorists Insurance Group and Brick Street Insurance have combined decades of experience to create an even better one-stop shop for agents and policyholders, encircling businesses and individuals with coverage at every step in life's journey. We are now in Cova Insurance. You are listening to the Voices of Wrestling podcast with your hosts, Joe Lanza. Next out, go listen to some boring podcast where they're, where they're afraid of their own shadow. Okay? Don't listen to Joe Lanza because Joe Lanza is not changing. And Rich Cranch. Who delivers this guy in a big spot? Joe, don't yell at me. In the the big spot, who delivers better than this guy? Stop yelling at me. I agree. Welcome once again to the Voice Wrestling Flagship Podcast. I'm Rich Cranch alongside, as always, the reason to well-explained man, the king of banter himself, Mr. Joe Lanza. Joe, how's it going? Didn't I just talk to you for like three hours? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Patreon, though. Not really. Exclu- you, you did, yes. But no, we did a, a, a real good Patreon exclusive, uh, breaking down the Wrestling Observer Awards. It was a fun little show. But uh, yeah, I had planned to, we were in and out of there, hour, hour and a half right now. It went three hours, of course. Like I told you, I'll eat after you laughed at me. And of course, I was starving when we were all said and done. But no, yeah, it was, great. It was good stuff down there. So if you're not on our Patreon, patreon.com slash Voices of Wrestling to get that uh, great Wrestling Observer show and a bunch of other stuff that we've been doing throughout the month. It's been a good little month so far. Yeah, Rich thought we were going to bang out the uh, Wrestling Observer Awards in 90 minutes. I'm so dumb. I know. I know. I just I just laugh, laugh, laughed. <laughs> but uh, I, I feel like uh, I'm, I'm never not recording. You're going to get me divorced before I get married. You know that? Now I know how. Uh, now I know how you feel. <laughs> the nurse. Yeah, you're gonna see. You're gonna see. It's it's not easy. That's why. Thank God she works nights because I always try to plan it, and that's why I always tell you like, hey, I'm available on this day because like she's not here today, so it's good. But like, there are a few days where I have to record, and she's here, and it's just like, you know, I just get these like leers from the kitchen, and like she just like walks by and you know stomps really loudly and kind of like looks in and it's like oh, okay, still yeah. doing it, and then starts like banging pots and pans, you know, because it's like oh I can't do anything when you're recording because you complain about the noise or whatever. So it's yeah, you'll you'll see, you'll see. It's uh, it's not. Uh, but you got levels. In oh, your house, I see. Right? I see. I thought that she was upset because she wanted to spend time with you. No, it, she's upset because she can't make noise. Uh, she's got it's a, a little bit of A, a little bit of B, yes, but more on the probably the make yeah. part. She's got to put on a thick pair of socks and tiptoe around the house and not cook <laughs> and not watch TV. Basically, she's limited to like she can watch uh, lighting a candle. She can, she can light a candle and read a book like 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 you know she's living in a lob cabin in the 1890s. Right, I don't even know what she's allowed to do. I want the light sound to get through the mic. So yeah, no lights, nothing. Yeah, just, just no 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 light. no no electronic <laughs> reverb, nothing. Right. She can't be on the laptop. You can't hear any typing. Oh, that does happen. Like she'll be on the laptop. There has been times where I've been on the show and like you'll be breaking up or what, and then and then I'll I'll take like a quick pause or she'll walk by and I'll or I'll shoot her a text message. I'm like, are you using the laptop? She's like, yeah. And I'm like, you can't. You know, like or like don't down, like she will like stream Netflix on the laptop. I'm like, you can't do that. Like you can watch oh, TV. Yeah, like right, right. you can't be like downloading and streaming shit while we're trying to do this thing. So yeah, it's a uh, it's an adventure. But uh, you'll you'll find out soon, sir. You'll find out soon. So it's a. Uh... Yeah. But now you got that you got that Patreon money coming in, so now you can just kind of you know 
Because before it was just like, we're just jacking I can kind of, like, <laughs> wait a minute. I can kind of what? Build an addition on the house? What do you mean? No, I mean, like, the- justify it a little bit. If she gets upset, be like, hey, babe, look. Look at the, look at the check. You know? Oh, are you kidding me? I, I used the excuse already. No. Oh. Look, I look, you know, I got to work. You know, this is this is a job. Well, I always blame it on like our, our good friend. What we have two sponsors today. Our good friend. I'll be like, well, the Dollar Shave Club. I mean, I need to do it this week. <laughs> like, I can't. Dollar That's Shave right. Club is paying. Like, I can't not do it. So it's it's yeah. It's, They've purchased an ad. I have to fulfill the commitment. <laughs> my you know, this, we got to go through with this. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's you know, I'm just uh, you know, to to her. See, I've set the stage early. You know, so she was coming into this. I said, look, this, this is a job. You know, I got to treat it as such. So that's how I get away with it. Um, but uh, the nurse knew I did podcasts when I first like because I, I always told you this like famous thing like the second date or whatever. I was like, oh, I'm just gonna say it because you know that that could be a make or break. Like I don't want to like get deep into this thing like two months in and be like, hey, by the way, I watch a lot of wrestling and I spent a lot of time talking about it with you know just so, get this nerd shit out of the way. I was like, right let's just see, let's see what it does. And she's like, oh, you know, that's kind of cool, that's fine or whatever. And then like I think it was like five or six months in, she's like, I didn't really realize it was so like this extent. And I was like, yeah, it's it's pretty bad. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, yeah, I told you, but you didn't. You were just kind of like, oh, that's cool. Like thinking that you know 20 minutes every two weeks we talk and i watch you know the, just on sunday nights once a month i'm like no 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 it's 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 much deeper than that unfortunately but so she knows it's kind of at least at least she'll watch it with you now and then or or go with you now and then she can tolerate it um as a form of entertainment every time that this is i've had the worst luck every time i've put wrestling on when uh when britney's around Either the New Day has been in the ring, not wrestling, but doing their New Day bullshit, mm-hmm. which I don't think you realize how terrible that is out of context for like an outsider, for a civilian to see the New Day with one guy with a trumpet. <laughs> it's it's a little overwhelming at first, yeah. The other two, you, you never, you don't know what they're talking about if you're not. You know, yeah, they're just, they're just saying who and Xavier Woods just blowing a trumpet a lot while they gyrate. And you're like, what the fuck is going on? It there's, is, there's yeah. people, there's people hooting like owls. They're talking about bootios. There's a guy with a trumpet and there's one dude hip thrusting like he's air fucking someone. It's really weird out of context. Okay. So at least two or three times I've, we've stumbled across SmackDown while the new days in the ring. And then the last time, the last time we stumbled upon wrestling, uh, when when she was with me, was smack dab in the middle of Bray Wyatt and Woken Matt Hardy. Oh God! <laughs> was it when they were just laughing a lot? Because that's now it was. Now- it was a segment where, it, you know, Bray being Bray, and then Woken Matt Hardy was laughing a lot, and it the screen broke into like a hundred Matt Hardy faces laughing a lot. <sighs> oh, God, how do you explain that? How do you even attempt to explain that? You can't. She just yeah. turns to me and she, with this look that's like, really? Oh, I do the same. Like, the nurse will always do that, too. She's like, what is that? Like, this is stupid. I'm like, I know. I know it is. I don't think this is good. Like, I just have to watch it. Like, I know. I and, know. But I get this look like, this is really dumb. You know this, right? I'm like, I, of course I do. I, I, I'm fully unaware of how terrible this is. Or I get like, she wants me to explain WWE logic a lot. Cause like she's watched enough now and, and, and she kind of gets the ins and outs or whatever. So she'd be like, well, I don't, why did he lose? And I'm like, I, I don't know. And she's like, well, why did he lose? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Like, like, well, shouldn't he win? I'm like, yes, he should. I don't know. Don't make me explain WWE to you. Like, I, uh, man. I don't know. I don't have the answer. Yeah. It's, 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 I just say, look, I can't, I'm not, I, I say, I'm not even going to attempt to defend this. <laughs> 
I think it's as stupid as you do. And then, like, when she watches actual matches, what's interesting is um, she her comments are always a lot because she's like never seen this before. Like, you forget there's people who have no she's idea. Like the the Chinese audience that, that those of yes. all shows, yeah, correct. So you know, like, like she she probably couldn't name a wrestler that isn't The Rock. I mean, I'm not positive she knows who Hulk Hogan is. You know what I mean? It's like one of those people who just has no concept of what it is. Sure. So, um, she, when she watches matches, she says stuff like this a lot. She'll be like, oh, that guy, he got up too fast. I'm marrying a selling fetish. Oh, basically. Jesus Christ. Oh, God. Which, what are you doing? Yeah. God. Like, like, I'm like, oh, my God. What do I need to do? Show her Hideki Suzuki matches? Is, what, 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 how, gotta, do, gotta, how do I yeah, get her gotta, to relate to wow. this? Wow. Oh, boy. This is, you know? is going to not be good. Because <laughs> yeah. like, that's always like her prime complaint. Like, why did that guy get up so fast? He got dropped on his head. or, And I'm like, oh, my God. I, I think she likes Southern wrestling. You know? <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, something has to be done here. I got to get Ricochet and Willow spray tapes and break this, uh, the, the, this cycle. I can't have that. I can't marry somebody like that. You know what I mean? So um, I'm a little worried from that perspective, but it is funny watching wrestling. Like we're so used to talking to each other and other wrestling fans, but it's always interesting to watch it, you know, to someone who has no clue what it is or what's going on and, and, and outside of the bubble because it really sheds light on it. And honestly, Rich, it makes it even more humiliating than it already is to follow this stuff. When oh yeah no it's, when that it's, light is shined on it well the, the other day so it was well oh, Christmas Day it was Christmas Day so I was at the nurse's family or whatever and like you know it's later in the day or whatever everyone's kind of falling asleep or whatever and I you know I was like ah you know I'm gonna throw on Raw or whatever well her dad comes down and he's seen like a little bit here and there but like so then his dad you know comes down or, or, or her dad comes down um her mom's kind of like at the couch doing nothing or whatever and I turn on Raw and I'm just kind of watching it or whatever because I'm like yeah whatever there's nothing really on like the NBA games I was I was kind of bored of it at that point and then it's just like a barrage of questions and it's a barrage but it, it, it's interesting though because I like kind of picking their brain and. And I end up asking more questions about to, to them because like, I know all that, but I'm like, well, what do you think this guy is doing? Or what do you think about this guy or what just to kind of get their idea? Cause that's actually more fun. Uh, like, I don't know if you've ever done this, but it's actually pretty fun too, to watch um, either current WWE or classic WWE or, or, or any real wrestling with like a kid, like an eight year old or whatever. That, it's yeah. a whole different experience because they like they pick up on such different things. They yeah. ask these questions about guys. Like, you know, of course, like kids, they just kind of go to the, they don't sugarcoat it. They're just like, well, what, what, you know, you know, they just kind of say whatever comes to their head mind or just kind of say whatever. But it's actually real fascinating. Like there was once where my buddy and I were watching some old Royal Rumble with like his neighbor was over and his neighbor's like this eight year old kid or whatever who who likes wrestling but had never seen, you know, the, the 1992 Royal Rumble or whatever. And just seeing him like react to like Saba Simba and, and like and, and yeah. like Tito Santana. It was just like, you know, he was just completely like perplexed by what was going on in this in this thing or whatever. Yeah. He's just not used to this context of WWE and was just asking all these questions. But that's a real fascinating too, thing too. Like you were saying, the the, the non fans, um, and then like children as well. It's just a very fun thing to be like, all right, well, what do you pick up on it? And again, like you said, the the end result is usually like, oh god, what am I doing? Why have I wasted my entire life watching this? So the end result is just utter humiliation, <laughs> right? At the end of the day, I just like I'm like I I know I know I know like it's 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 bad. And then you, you know, have to explain like I'm like, well, no, there, there's been like great stuff, and but I'm like at, at some point you just kind of take the L, right? You have to because even just like basic pro, even something like Shane McMahon coming out to cut a promo on a heel or something. What you don't realize is wrestling kind of has its own language 
And none of this shit makes sense if you're not a wrestling fan. None of the things they're saying makes sense. And it's 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 you may not understand what I'm saying now, but but try this with someone who doesn't know what wrestling is, and ask them to explain what just happened after a 20 minute promo. Say they'll have no fucking clue. It's just all it's like a foreign language. Yeah, my mom uh, used really, to have, my my mom used to have a hang up on like referees. Like, why do they fall? You know, why are they so bad at their job? And like, that was her hang up. She could never get by that. I'd watch wrestling. Her, show her Dragon Gate. <laughs> right. But that would be, she'd watch it and be like, well, I, I, it's stupid because the referee is, is so bad or whatever. And I'm like, well, I, I know, but it's just kind of a thing. And it's like, it, it's like the Irish whip. Like, if you can't get past the Irish whip, there's no, there's no point in even. That's right. It. It, it's just like, well, yeah, I don't know. It's just a thing, and it's like a thing we do, and, and it's accepted. But it'll, it, if you're never going to accept it, then it's just it's never going to work for you. It's just never going to connect. Yeah, and and I mean, and my theory is like my thing with the promos because they're just so it wrestling is just its own universe with its own verbiage and everything. I my theory is that's why this that WWE has so much trouble creating new fans because I think if you stumble upon SmackDown or Raw, and you know if, if you stumble upon you know two wrestlers cutting promos on each other or Shane McMahon or, or an authority figure. It, it's really not easy to understand what's going on. If you're, if you're not privy to this like language that they're speaking, you know, and I, I think that people underrate that and it's not really a talking point I hear about a lot, but it's something that's really eye opening watching wrestling with someone who has no clue what it is and no concept of what it is. She doesn't understand what's happening and 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 what they're talking about. It's just it's just a, it's like a foreign language. So maybe yeah, that is part of the and barrier. And kind of so weird too. Like you're yes. saying, like the universe. Like how do you even explain that the universe means fans? How do you explain that uh, this guy is the monster and this guy is the the man or whatever? Because like if you watch this current like Kane, Brock Lesnar, all they're saying is monsters and men, monsters and men. The monster, the big red monster, the machine, the the monster among men. It's just like what the fuck? Like the priest incarnate? Like what is going? god like what the hell is happening in this so yeah i I could see that absolutely being a thing and then like just there's those little ticks as well like championship opportunity and and uh just all that stuff that would be so overwhelming if you have no fucking clue like we come in with context and and a lot of people don't and they're just yeah i I, like w universe how would you ever fucking know that that meant the fans how would you ever know no there's no way of knowing (laughs) unless you just you just know you just if you've watched enough you know but if you just jumped in and stumbled on you yeah you'd have no fucking clue what they're talking about yeah we don't have that many topics this week, in case you couldn't tell. <laughs> we got it's gonna be one of our old school shows where they were like before the wrestling world got insane. Um, we have a bunch of different stuff. We got NWA, the Mix Match uh, Challenge, uh, some little stuff about the NW, uh, the uh, New Japan, the upcoming cards going on there, Fantastico Mania. Uh, also, the All In. We have a date for All In, so we'll talk about all of that. But uh, before we get to that, I do want to let everybody know that this episode of the Voice Wrestling Flagship Podcast is sponsored by our good friends at Dollar Shave Club. And by now, everybody knows that Dollar Shave Club ships amazing razors for a few bucks. Both Joe and I have been members for a while, and we love our shaves. What you might not know, and we did not initially, is that Dollar Shave Club also has products for pretty much everything else we need in the bathroom whether it's body wash shampoo hair gel lip balm they have everything dollar shave club makes it easy and convenient for you to upgrade your shave and your bathroom just like the razors everything is super high quality and left me and joe looking and feeling amazing so from premium ingredients to sophisticated scents dollar shave club is changing the game and if you're like us and sick of the nonsense at the store now is the time to try out dollar shave club for a limited time only dollar shave club is basically giving away their famous shit shower shave starter set to new members for only five bucks the starter set features their executive razor, three trial size versions of their most popular products to help you stay fresh and clean. And in your first box, you will also receive 
the Dr. Carver Shea Butter. They've much talked about Dr. Carver Shea Butter, body wash, and of course, the one and only One Wipe Charlie Butt Wipes. You'll also receive their executive razor, which includes a premium weighty handle and a full cassette of cartridges after the first box. Replacement cartridges are sent for only a few bucks per month. This offer is available exclusively at dollarshaveclub.com slash voices. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash voices. Dollar Shave Club's high-quality products will have you covered from face cheeks to butt cheeks. There's no better time to try out the club. Dollarshaveclub.com slash voices. Where do we go? We got uh, like four pretty equal topics here. I don't know that anyone kind of jumps above. What, what, what are you feeling here? Since we didn't talk Let's go about off the before. board. Oh, wow. I'm not ready for this. Off the board. No, I think we should okay. say a few words about Garrett Kidney. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know what? Okay, that's good. I did have a little note to do that. Yeah, let's go. Go ahead. Let's do that now. So um, so we'll start with Impact Wrestling. And Garrett Kidney is now uh, no longer an employee here. And he is an employee at Impact Wrestling under the new Don Callis, uh, Scott Demore regime. Is it a new regime or is it just Don Callis? Is it just a new boss? I think, yeah, I feel like it's not even a regime change at this point. Like, they, they've gone through so many of those. I feel like this is just kind of like, yeah, new bosses, new stuff. But uh, they've kept some other people on. I mean, Scott right, Demore right, is right. still in the mix. And it, I, some of the Jarrett people remain. Um, and it's still Anthem, of course. Mm-hmm. So uh, they just have a new boss, Don Callis. He uh, went to the four, back to the four-sided ring. And uh, Garrett, uh, Garrett Kidney, who is the, uh, the, the world's foremost expert, on TNA slash Impact Wrestling. There's nobody on earth who knows more about that company than him, including the people in the company. He has seen every match ever that has ever hit tape. Uh, He has been doing our reviews for years now. Uh, He's been uh, TNA slash Impact's uh, biggest cheerleader while also being very fair about the company throughout the years. And that's important. Yeah, I'm going to get to that in a little bit. But yeah, I think that's been probably the most important part of his coverage of that company is that, you know, there will be people that say, oh, he's a cheerleader. Oh, he's and he's never been like a I mean, now he's literally a company guy, but he's never been. You know what I mean? Like he's never been. He's never been unfair. Right. He's always said, hey, I I love this company, but it sucks. Like there's, you know, I want to love this and I want it to be more than it is. But at this times it sucks. They've made all these mistakes. Like he's always he'll watch every single show. He'll watch every single match. But at the end of the day, he doesn't have to say, you know, there, there would be those days when the TNA Asylum would be like, well, that was the greatest show ever. And oh, my God, it's great. And he would just go like, no, it's not. It's not good. Like, I watched it, too. I watched the same show you guys did. And it just it wasn't that good or whatever. And and that was always his thing is he was fair about it. But it was always it always came from a, a, the side of love. Like, he wanted it to be better. He desired for it to be better. And 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 he was he had a voice at some point where, where and, and, and through most of his reviews where and, and he knew a lot of people were reading and we knew a lot of people within that company were reading. And, and a lot of his reviews were like, hey, look, like, you know what to do. You can be better, be better because you have it in you to be better. You have it in you to be a, a, a great company. And we've seen flashes of it here and there, but you just you, at times get in your own way a lot of times. And that's he was always fair. hundred percent of the time. Never, uh, never carried water for that company. He loves that company, but he never, ever, ever said or never changed his opinion about them. You know, he always gave it to you exactly how he thought and exactly what his his real opinion of it was. This is this is a guy who abandoned a show in the middle of a review one week and submitted that to us, where he he it was just it was the first week of the Josh Matthews, Jeremy Borash arguing with each other during the commentary. Remember. Oh yes, <laughs> how can I forget? And, yeah, it was it was horrible. And it, he said it was so unwatchable. It was the first time he abandoned the show. He abandoned it mid show, and just ended the review abruptly with "I can no longer watch this" and submitted it to us, and we published it. And you know, a lot of people called it 
unprofessional to post it on the site and, and all that, but I thought it was, uh, you know, I thought it was important to publish it and show his frustration and and how poor he thought it was, uh, and that he thought it wasn't even worth finishing the review. That's how bad he thought the show was. But even though he was always fair, and we're talking about him like he's dead. Um, <laughs> even though he was always fair and 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 told you about the bad, he was also the first to point out when the show was good and was getting unfairly thrashed based mm-hmm. on reputation, which, you know, there were periods where impact was just a perfectly fine wrestling show. And, you know, he would tell people that who would bang on it. Now, hold on. Now I, I'm not sure you've been watching recently because it's been fine, you know? Um, yeah. And, and I guess the last year or so have, has, has fallen under that description. So, and you know, he's also someone he's rated every match that's ever taken place. Like it's amazing. I'd say, I, I, I would literally say, I can literally remember specifically asking this question. I said, I said, Garrett, what was the best Tangaloa match in TNA history when he was <laughs> Mika or whatever his name was? And not only would he have an answer for you, he'd have it within, first of all, he never slept. He, he's one of those Europeans that doesn't, the Europeans do not sleep, but he'd be one of these Europeans that, you know, He's never sleeping. He had he had the answer in like three minutes. You know, he'd be he'd tweet back or you know DM back or whatever the case may be. Oh, he had a uh, two and three quarter star match against Eli Drake on uh, you know July fifteenth, two thousand six. And you're like, are you kidding me? You're not even. In, it, it's four eighteen a.m. in Ireland. What are you doing? But you know, it's just he, just encyclopedic knowledge of the company, and um, and well earned. So it, I I think it's it's great. That he now has a job. What's his title? Uh, digital producer. So I don't know if that means he's the only, or if he's one of many digital producers. If he's the digital producer, I have no idea. But um, I, I don't know exactly what capacity he's going to work in as well. And I don't know if he's exactly said that yet or wanted it to be public or whatever. But uh, he'll be doing stuff for their, their digital team, whether that be you know social media stuff, uh, website stuff, and that, that's one of the things that him and I obviously would, would talk a lot about. I mean, obviously his reviews were a big part of, are of the site, but you know him and I would a lot of times talk about. TNA's digital strategy. And I remember he would always just be like, oh God, like they just don't know what they're doing. And it's like, they have all this history and they just run away from it. And they, their website, I mean, there was a time, remember when their website just was, was, was like a WordPress page with like five, it just, it looked like garbage. And it was yeah. just like, he'd, yeah. he would just sit there and go like, oh my God, I cannot believe that this is what they're doing. And, and, and this is a long time coming. I mean, he has been talking to them of like, Hey, look, like you guys really don't know what you're doing. I know what I, I know what I'm doing. And, and, you know, I, I, I know this company, like you said, I know this company more than anybody in the, anybody in the world. I am the foremost expert and like, I will help. I will do whatever I can to help. And, and, and it's always been the same thing. It's always been a, a desire to sort of help. And a lot of it fell on deaf ears and finally uh, it, it got through and he got to this point, which is, is amazing because he's worked his ass off to do it as well. And I think that's, that's the big thing that I take away from the, the years he's done the reviews for us. And, and we should credit as well. This is uh, our good friend, Trevor, the Irish wrestling fan, Rover, as people know online, he just out of nowhere DM'd us and said, message this guy, make him do your impact reviews. That's that's I, I vividly recall that that was what it was. He said, I don't know if you guys are looking to do it for an impact reviewer, but contact this guy. And I don't, I just, you know, it, yeah, and that's it's, how it started. We were, it's, it's when we were burning through impact reviewers. Um, I think the most consistent one we had was Dylan Hales who did it for a couple months there and, and his reviews were great. Um, but then, you know, it's, it's reviewing is a grind, you know, and then we were burning through various reviewers and yeah, that's who pointed Garrett our way. I think he was, um, I always confuse the two sites came from either Mecca or asylum. I can never remember which one. Um, the one that isn't as crazy, I guess that would be asylum. I think the asylum wasn't as crazy, but I, I, I could be wrong as well. 
Yeah. Um, I, I, yeah, I don't remember which one, but uh, that's where he was originally. And um, then he came our way. And, 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 and if people, maybe people haven't even noticed, we don't even do, we stopped doing weekly television reviews years ago. We don't have a Raw review. We don't have a SmackDown review. We don't have an ROH TV review. We don't do that anymore. That was a business decision that we made. Um, and I, you know, I, we need to give Rob McCarron credit for that because, you know, I guess we don't need to get into all the logistics of it, but it just didn't make sense to do them anymore. And, 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 uh, and it, was, it was burning people out too. There was a lot of good writers that would write for our site and, and do those weekly reviews and then just like get completely burnt on it. Cause it's hard. It's hard to every single Monday sit down and okay, now I got to write all these words about raw and now I got to write all these words about main event. And now I got to write, it, it, it's not easy. You can't take weeks. And it's that weird thing where like you sort of, once you say you want to do it, it's hard to say, Hey, look, I can't do it this week or whatever. Or, oh, I'm going to miss a few weeks or whatever. Not that we say that you absolutely have to do it, but Anybody like most of the people in our little bubble and all you know, most of the people that that do stuff for our site, we all have a certain work ethic. And it's like, well, no, I told you I was going to do raw, so I'm going to do raw every week or whatever. It's right it's that thing. Like we're not saying, oh my god, we need to have it or else, Jesus Christ, you've completely ruined us or whatever. But it's this thing. It was like, no, I told you I was going to do you know every week I was going to do main event reviews, so I'm going to do them every week. But that's a grind. It's really hard, especially with it is a grind. You know, being yeah, it's 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 not easy. So yeah, it, we we were losing a ton of people too, and that's a big reason why we got rid of it. Yeah, and 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 let's be honest, nobody was reading them. No, and it's frustrating when you have really awesome writers putting out awesome work. When you have Sean Flynn putting out the quality of work he was doing the raw reviews, and I would have put his raw reviews up against anyone. When you have Rue Gunn doing SmackDown reviews, and who was better than her? No, I mean those those two were incredible. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, and 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 you have um all these great people doing weekly TV reviews and just because of the nature of the internet where every fucking site is putting up a raw review and, and a television review and it's just, and, and no one's clicking them, you know, why not have these people put their efforts towards writing something else instead of writing these dopey TV reviews every week that, you know, quite honestly, nobody's reading and it's, it's stressing, it's putting stress on, on you it's putting stress on the people who have to edit and post these things uh, every day, and and it just it just didn't make sense. But the long winded point I was getting to is the one weekly television review that we continued doing was Impact because Garrett because the way we saw it was look if we have the world's foremost expert in something, why would we ever let that go or stop doing it? And we thought it was important that Garrett's impact, weekly impact reviews lived on for that reason. You know, it's like um, he is the authoritative voice on the company. So we're going to let that one continue on. Sure. So that was the only television review um, that, that we kept, you know, that we kept alive. So, uh, and that, that speaks to, you know, um, Garrett's talent and his knowledge of the company and how much we respected um, all of those things. So um, now we won't have any more television review. The television That's it. Yeah. That's it. It's dead. They're dead. They're dead. So, and, and, and amazingly, the amazing thing about Garrett's reviews is despite the fact that impact had like no viewership, his numbers would be exponentially higher, relatively speaking than like a raw review. Where 
how many people are watching Raw every week now? Two two point five. What is it? Do they do about three million a week? I guess. I think so. Uh, yeah, I forgot what the exact number is, but yeah, yeah. we uh, we were certainly get a lot less than that uh, reading our reviews every week. So yeah, and then you'd have Impact doing <laughs> two hundred twenty thousand viewers, and 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 Garrett's reviews are stacking right up with the Raw reviews, which goes to show when it came to Impact. For people who wanted an impact review, they were seeking out Garrett Kidney. Well, we actually we did we did a little we ran some numbers, and this is right before he got hired. He, he said, "Hey, can you send me all the data of every impact review this week, or th- this year rather, uh, 2017?" So I sent him all that stuff, and it was pretty interesting that we found out that literally every single impact review he had ever done got a view at some point in 2017, and they weren't like shitty views either. They were like real people. We sort of like parsed out the bots or whatever. So there was somebody that was going back and watching or reading every single review he did at some point. Like no matter what, Wait, every what do you, mean? From you, his, lost me. you kind of lost me there. Well, it, it, so he had started, he started January 8th, 2015. Right. And ended obviously whatever, a few weeks ago. Cause when he was in negotiations with them, he obviously had, had done reviews or whatever. Um, in 2017, at some point during that year, some point during 2017, every single review that he did, even ones in 2016, even ones in oh, 2015, all had views for three years, his catalog of three years of archives, every single one got, you know, at a, least one. A, hit. Yeah. And, and they weren't like, and what I said, they weren't bots. They weren't, they were like real hits. Cause you could tell by the time on the page and you could tell by the, the way that that person experienced with the page, that it wasn't just a bot. So it was right. somebody going back and saying, Hmm, February 28th, you know, <laughs> to impact wrestling on destination America, 2015. Let me see what this is all about. Like, so that that's, that's testament to, to just how he was cataloging their history. Like nobody else either. Yeah. You know what that tells me? It tells me people were using his reviews as reference points, right? Like, was this match that I'm thinking of a good match, or was this person on it? Like, you know, it, it, instead of maybe going to cage match, they were going to Garrett's reviews. You know, to, as, as you know, as, as a reference material is what that tells me. So, um, he'll do a great job. I think the one thing you'll see in terms of their uh, social media and things like that, um, right off the bat, is like, okay, say they have a big returning star coming back to the company, and maybe on social media you'll want to push that person's greatest match that they've ever had he'll know right where to go for something like that whereas before under a lot of these regimes they were clueless you know if if say booker t returned to the company garrett would know the definitive booker t moment to send out on twitter or you know uh, or feature on the website or whatever the case where were you confident that tna or impact was going to be good at that before garrett was there I'm, i'm certainly not um, we've seen how their uh, social media had been mismanaged so so badly in the past. So it's it's little things like that where I think he's really going to excel at the job, you know, because he 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 does know the history. Uh, that that encyclopedic knowledge is going to come in handy, and he's going to know exactly how to push certain things. Yeah, and for better or for worse, I mean, a lot of impact is is, is based off their history. I mean, it, it's you know we can we can laugh about them all they want, but I mean they've been around for a long time now. They've been around longer than WCW was around, as as far as you know, World Championship Wrestling, Turner owned World Championship Wrestling. I mean, they have beat that out. I mean, that's I think they did it a few years ago as well. I mean, it, it, it's they have a rich history. They have a lengthy history. It's just about embracing it a little bit. You know, what I mean, maybe you don't bring up every stupid little thing they ever did, but there's tons of people that have have. have been through that company there's tons of great matches that have gone on too and i think that's one of the big things that he's always as you said a little bit earlier as we'll we'll move on here after this but is embracing the good of their history too like very big on when aj styles came to wwe it was like all right look i know he was great in new japan i know whatever but like 
I'm telling you, these are the good matches. And I think he did a, 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 a post for our site, which was like he rated every single, you know, AJ Styles match or whatever, you know, like they talked about, you know, 45 different AJ Styles matches or whatever, just like ones of like, hey, if you can get your hands on these, I'm telling you, these are the good AJ Styles matches. These are the good runs that he had. And, and I know there was an article he did as well. Every single like big time title match they had or whatever, every single main event. I mean, there's he, he had that catalog of, of knowledge or whatever and was always good about saying, hey, look, yes, I know. Yeah, there was bad, bad, bad. But there's been a lot of great in this company, too. But the problem is it, it, it sort of after a few years you know maybe rightfully so gained a reputation as being kind of a joke and and people then would ignore the good and just kind of laugh at oh russo's doing something stupid or they're doing a reverse battle royal or they're doing this sort of bullshit or whatever when it's like well yeah i understand that but like christopher daniels just had an awesome match but no one's talking about that and that's never going to be it's going to be lost to history and you've brought that up a lot too is like if and when impact ever does go away the the, the great reckoning is going to be like people going back and watching old tna and embracing it and going, oh my god, you know, there was a lot of shit, but there was a lot of really good stuff in this too. I mean, there's a lot of the wrestling was great for a lot of years or yeah. whatever, and that's going to be the big thing is when people kind of open up and discover that, and I think that's a lot of what Garrett's going to be doing is is sort of saying, hey, look, let's not wait for us to die to do that. Let's do that now. We got this, you know, streaming service we just launched a little bit, which, you know, I, I don't know if you want to disclose, but he had a little bit of a hand in that too because they essentially like, hey, we have no idea how to catalog this. Who do we call? Well, you call Garrett because he knows all this shit. He knows all the tags. He knows everybody that was in every single match and all that sort of stuff, so, you know, now they have that, so they can do that more and embrace it a little bit more and 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 understand that, hey, look, you know, our, we're, we're, we're kind of trying to work things out in the present, but let's go back and embrace the future a little bit. Let's not run away from what we've done in the past because a lot of stuff we've done in the past has been good. And I know that's what he's going to do pretty well. And I know he's got an eye for the rest of the business, too. We always talk about impact. We do it. He watches New Japan. He watches other stuff. He understands. He's got his finger on the pulse of the wrestling business. So him being there in some capacity is going to help, no doubt, because he's going to be able to tell them. And, you know, we've had conversations with him. We, we know that he he knows his shit and he's smart and, and, and logical and rational or whatever. So I think there's no way it's not going to help them, you know, embrace their past and 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 help them in the future. I mean, you know, withstanding of of the company you know, company stability withstanding, and that's always an issue with impact. But yeah, he's going to absolutely kill, it. and he's such a hard worker too. I mean, I and, and I said this too on, on Twitter, and I absolutely mean it. He is the easiest guy I've ever worked with in, in any capacity, and that's not putting down other writers we've had. It's not putting down anybody else I've worked with, but he is just like the most easygoing guy ever. Yeah, whatever, you know, do it whenever you can, or hey, I got this, or it's just like he he nothing gets him down, nothing gets him depressed. I mean, God, he's watched TNA for for you know decade plus. Nothing could break this man at this point. But that's that's he's got to focus, and and he does it, and he's just a super hard worker too. So I I, I wish nothing but the best, and and I feel like we're kind of proud parents right now, and it's cool. Like you you tweeted out a little bit earlier, we've had people go on to different you know writing gigs, you know our podcast now make money, we have sponsorships or whatever. Now we have a guy that got scooped up. I mean that's that's really cool by a major wrestling company got scooped up as one of their you know t- i mean that's 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 awesome you, you know and i'm not saying i'm not taking credit for any of garrett's success that's all on him but it's just cool to know that you know for the last three or four years he was able to we were able to work closely with him and see him you know reach this point i know how badly he wanted this and i know how how much he worked to get to this point too and it's it, it's just incredible to see yeah and i like all the little easter eggs he stuck on the global wrestling Network. yes like, <laughs> all those if you ever if you ever see a tag and you're like well that's kind of kooky that's Garrett. So, like, if you search nepotism, Garrett Bischoff matches come up. <laughs> yes, you know, so you know, a little shit like that. I won't give away the others, but um, yeah, they're you for know, you to find. So. But nepotism is what the one freebie will give you. So, it's a lot of free shit on the Global Wrestling Network. I didn't even know. Um, I, I had no clue that uh, that Explosion aired for free every week. Did you know that, Rich? No, I didn't. And that's yeah, that's a, a big issue with the, the the prior regime. Is like, yeah, you didn't know this shit. You don't I mean, know. That's a, that's a robust service. There's a lot of shit in the Global Wrestling Network. 
a lot of history on there and and, and a lot of free shit. Um, and, and they are impact on there. I had no idea free. So um, you know, I, and those are things I didn't know. So uh, and 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 hopefully you know we put the guy over for twenty minutes. Those are the things he'll change because <laughs> because now he is subject to our critique, Rich. Mm-hmm. We can bury the man if uh, if we feel he's doing a poor job because he is now in the biz. So uh, we're watching you, Garrett. Yeah. <laughs> Shape up there, Chief. Yeah. Better be feeding us scoops. That's that's really all we want. Yeah. We're going to keep him around for the scoops. <laughs> so See, here's the problem. The problem is we we had some pipelines to, to impact scoops before Garrett went there. But now everyone's going to assume that Garrett's a rat. They're going to assume he's a mole if we have scoops, which I don't think is fair to him because we were getting impact scoops before Garrett was part of impact. Right, right. Yes. You know, so, but it's still, he needs to give us scoops. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, four years of work, four years of hard work that we put in. I mean, he better give us some scoops. No, that's, it's, it's awesome for him. But uh, yeah, at Garrett Kidney on Twitter, if you want to follow him, I'm sure I'm, I don't know exactly what's going to go on with that Twitter account or whatever, but yeah, if you want to lend your support or just kind of say, Hey, you know, that's awesome. You know, and if you've ever read any of his reviews, if you've ever kind of followed him on the site at Garrett Kidney is, is where you're going to want to, um, reach out to him there but uh joe now we have uh kind of our other topics we wanted to get to any any ones that stick out to you any ones that jump out nwa mixed neck challenge uh new japan for wrestling cards coming up all in anyone that that jumps out to you this is this is an old school show you said it was a 2014 show because there's like lucha nwa and intergender all, all in one night so that's that's an old school wrestling. Yeah, yeah that's any anyone that jumped out that te- you want to talk about well i suppose it's not technically intergender wrestling it's just mixed tags but uh, why don't we just start there then, since we brought it up. But the mixed match challenge will kick off. I think it's uh, – okay, so it's one match a week. I think it starts Tuesday the 16th. That is correct. Yeah, the first match is going to be Shinsuke Nakamura and Natalia. I'm glad we recorded today, too, because they released ballots – or uh, brackets, rather – Brackets. Uh, a few hours ago. So I'm glad we, we, we had to record the flagship because this is this will help it a little bit because there was a time earlier in this week where we had no fucking clue how this thing was going to be structured and what was going to go on. And and people yeah. were looking at the team numbers and going, wait a minute, there's one extra team. Like, how are they going to work that out? Or how does it quite – well, we, we, we now know that. We now know the brackets. But, yeah, it kicks off Tuesday, January 16th. Shinsuke Nakamura and Natalia. Uh, versus Finn Balor and Sasha Banks. For people that don't know anything about this, haven't heard about it, uh, Mixed Match Challenge is showing up on Facebook. So it's going to be uh, streamed on Facebook Watch, which is essentially their Facebook Live. You go to Facebook and it'll show up on uh, on the right sidebar of, of any Facebook page or whatever. So you have to have a Facebook account. You have to have all that stuff. Go on there. It'll air live there. Uh, it's set to uh, it's going to be 9 p.m. Eastern, I believe. So it's going to be after SmackDown. Uh, so it's like this weird in-between time between SmackDown and 205 Live. So you're looking at about 20 minutes, I think, is going to be the time. And that's that's what Facebook, that's a lot of it. Facebook, their live things, they don't do much more than that. That's kind of, they've sort of stuck to those short things or whatever. So it's not going to be a thing that can go on for four hours or whatever. You got 20 minutes, that's it, in and out, 20 minutes. So it'll be nice compact matches and compact shows or whatever. But that could also be a detriment too, which we'll might maybe talk about here in a little bit. But uh, Joe, before we kind of break down the bracket and everybody that's in it, uh, what are your thoughts on it being on Facebook? Is that, you know, and not WWE Network, you know, a streaming network that they own, that they get all the money for. Do you find that kind of weird or do you understand because Facebook's, you know, coming with a pile of cash that, you know, go there and and and, and do what you can and, and diversify it that way? Well, we broke down the business of it, I think, when they originally made the announcement. And um, I think that, look, obviously, Facebook's paying them for this. So uh, it, it's a better uh, it, it was a financial decision to put it on Facebook. You know, I mean, it, it's why would you have now 
look, the thing with the network, what what do you think is driving network subscriptions? I would say it's the monthly pay-per-views, correct? Uh, yeah, I, I would assume, yeah. Um, I think that uh, now that we've dug deep and seen some things, it's you know, NXT doesn't have nearly as many viewers as you think it is. 205 Live, we broke it down a few weeks ago, has shockingly low amount of viewers on, on the network. It's the monthly pay-per-views and the archive, I would say, as a whole probably is a, is 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 uh is a draw for people i don't think individually i, I don't i don't think you're 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 drawing a ton of subscribers with you know a three-year mid-atlantic wrestling dump but i think the idea that you have this this archive as 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 a as a as this entity does draw some buys um so i mean if you put mixed match challenge on the network is that really going to increase your subscription base uh subscription base probably not to a to a significant or 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 meaningful degree but if facebook is going to pay you x amount of money and i don't know if those figures have ever even come out i i haven't seen anything yeah i haven't seen anything come out so i guess the wrestlenomic guys would be to ask but they don't have to disclose do they have to disclose that at the at the next quarterly well is that something that needs to be I, i would think that has to be disclosed right I would, yeah, I would assume it would have to, but yeah, I don't know if they just kind of throw it because they're pretty notorious too for just throwing things in pockets, like just sort of saying, oh, you know, de- right, digital right, television right. revenue or, you, or yeah, not necessarily, th- not necessarily, you know, breaking it out and, and, and letting you know exactly, but more or less just kind of throwing it all together in one little spreadsheet or whatever. So well, yeah, I, I don't know. Guys, yeah. Well, the WrestleNomic guys would compare quarter to quarter and kind of figure it out and get it in the ballpark. I'm going to ask them to do that because I, would love to know what Facebook is paying them for this. And this is also dipping your toes and in, into those waters. You know, if, if Facebook feels that this does well for them and this is a mutually beneficial business arrangement, then perhaps these two entities can do more business together. So I get it. I get why they're putting it on there. Um, but because it's on Facebook, which, you know, I've had some people tell me, cause I'm like, I don't know, you know, Facebook and people are like, well, everybody has Facebook. No, everybody does not have Facebook. Okay, this isn't like YouTube where anyone can log on and you don't have to have an account, uh, you know, to use it uh, or to watch something on YouTube. Facebook, you have to have an account. If you don't have a Facebook account, um, I don't believe you can watch Facebook Live because you can't. You need to be logged into the site. And no, not everybody has Facebook. That's not that's not true. That's just not true. I don't have Facebook. I mean, I'm an example right here of someone who, in order to watch this, well, that's a lie. I do have it. You know why I have a Facebook account, Rich? I'm going to tell you why. Because at one point, Tinder was, you had to have a Facebook account in order to use Tinder. Oh, strange. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's interesting. (laughs) Yeah. In order to use Tinder, what they wanted- They use their login service. They use their login service to get you in. Well, they wanted it to be linked to a Facebook account so there'd be less catfishing for one. Okay. So the pictures you uploaded to Tinder had to come off of your Facebook account. Got it. Okay. So I had to create a dummy Facebook account basically as just a picture host in order to use Tinder. Now, Tinder eventually changed that. Now you can just upload directly from your phone into the Tinder app. You don't have to – it isn't aligned with Facebook anymore, but it used to be. The only reason I had a Facebook account was for Tinder purposes. And, you know, I had all the security things set to like, you could, you would never know I was on there because you couldn't search for me. You couldn't find me. You couldn't see me because I had all the security turned on. It was simply there to host my incredibly sexy selfies for Tinder. 
That's the only reason I was on it. And I, and, and I had a dummy Facebook account a couple years before that because I wanted to watch the UFC Facebook fights. But other than that, I mean, I, I, there's people who don't have a Facebook. You know what I mean? But look, if they're getting paid up front for this, then I guess – and look, the other thing about the Mixed Match Challenge is to me it's giving off a vibe of non-canon. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. I was going to ask you, because I was going to go over these teams and go over a little bit of the things, and and, and that's my big question to you. So I, I don't know if you have a large thought about that now, but maybe we can hold that off for a sec, because I'm really confused as to whether or not we should handle it as canon. Because it's really, I mean, when you really break it down and you look at the schedule, you look at the teams, and you look at a lot of the stuff, it's really not. It's just like a show that features WWE superstars. Yeah. But not a Which, WWE show. Uh, it's it's fine. strange. But I mean... I think um, um, Barry Murphy on Twitter said it best. He he said it's like it feels like a TNA one night only, you know, where it just it's it doesn't have anything to do with the mainline, you know, uh, sto- uh, narrative of the company. It's just co- sort of this side deal is what it feels like. Now we're not going to know until it happens, but it's definitely giving me the vibe of a one night only sort of deal where it's just nothing that happens on it is going to matter in the greater storytelling of WWE canon. You know what I mean? That That's how it's coming off to me. It's sort of just this little side thing on Facebook. Uh, they're getting dumped some money. It's a little experiment between the two companies. And then we'll see how it goes. You know, it's one match per week. I don't think they're taking any weeks off. It runs from January 16th. Let me take a look at that again. Yeah, it's January 16th no, till April 3rd. It's every single yeah. week from January 16th till April 3rd. And that's the thing that I mean, like, when you talk about out of canon or whatever, like, April 3rd is a long-ass time. Like, how many of these people are going to turn heel, turn face, turn on each other? Dude, it's going to be it's, it's going to be arduous to keep everybody healthy this entire time. And obviously, you don't have to keep everybody healthy. But, uh, I mean, it's a risk that the team that you think is going to win, that every single person on that team that you think is going to win is going to still be able to, 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 to go through with it. And there might be a lot of booking changes that have to happen and, and teams that replace one another and, and weird stuff like that. But, yeah, I mean, April 3rd is a long time away. And that's, those finals are not until that. That's, that's, it's, and it's not like these are all taped and in the, in, in the can or whatever. These are going to be live every single week or whatever. And yeah, it's going to be, I mean, what, what is, you know, the Carmella character, how rapidly she could change from now until April 6th, but, or April 3rd rather, but she has to, you know, team with Big E the entire time of, of, you know, the new day. So it's, there's a lot of weird, weird stuff in terms of that. These people are going to win titles, lose titles, turn, switch brands. All of those things can happen you know, over the course of the next three months. When is WrestleMania? April. Um, I don't have April 9th, right? That sound right. So this will wrap up the Tuesday before WrestleMania, like that week before they fly off. I mean, is that before they all convene in, in New Orleans? Is that really, because April 3rd is a Tuesday, obviously. These are all on Tuesdays. WrestleMania is the first or uh, the April 8th. 8th. Sorry, April 8th is WrestleMania. Okay, so yeah, the very last SmackDown before they take off for New Orleans is when this thing wraps up. So they're wrapping it up right before WrestleMania. Uh, for people who don't understand how the tapings work, it'll be uh, SmackDown Live. Actually, it's not. Nothing is taped. That's all live. It's, yeah. it's it's SmackDown Live, and then for the next twenty minutes, it's Mixed Match Challenge, and they got to get in and out quick because then the plan is to start two hundred five live at ten twenty. So these are going to be you know eight minute matches. You know they're going to do a, a short little you know introduction to the show and then you've got your entrances and then you know you have your 
eight to 10 minute match, I guess. And, and they're probably going to, they're, they're, listen, they're going to shoehorn a commercial in there. Okay. So you're, you, you're going to get your, you're going to get your over the top rope spot in your commercial and you're going to come back and you're going to wrap up the match and, you know, and, and that's going to be that. And you're going to get, and it's going to segue right into 205. And you're going to get Vic Joseph and Nigel McGinnis and off you go 205 live. <laughs> right. Okay. So, you know, I, I don't know what they play. Maybe Joseph and, and, and McGinnis will commentate this. You know, oh, they're I, not. I think they have the team. It's Michael Cole. Um, let me. I, I know uh, Beth Phoenix is coming in to do these. Oh, there, yeah, that's right. Uh, Cole is. It, I think it's Cole Graves and Beth Phoenix. I, I'm almost positive. I will, so I will our, double uh, check that. But are Nigel and our boy Vic Joseph just going to be sitting out there waiting around for 20 I, minutes? I suppose so. Wait, you know, maybe maybe they can get some purple tape and <laughs> make themselves useful for a little bit. But yeah, uh, Michael Cole, Corey Graves, Beth Phoenix are going to be your, uh, your your commentator team. I'm sure they're not going to saunter down to the ring while the match is going on. So I think they're just going to be sitting out there like a couple of geeks, you know, waiting it out. Um, but yeah, you, you know, we'll see how it works out. Now, the, the thing I'm excited about more so than even the matches themselves, because I don't know about you, Rich. I love wrestling. And I watch a lot of wrestling. I'm not exactly chomping at the bit for more WWE action. Okay? Uh, no, I think I no, have my I'm good. I, I got enough. I need less, actually, in my life if possible. So yeah, um, you know, as someone who watched every taped match last year, I can tell you that well, I'm not looking. For well, you're more. just a fucking idiot. Okay. I don't know why you did that, but let me tell you something, pal. Work ethic. <laughs> I guess work ethic. Got to be on top of these things, okay? Um, but yeah, no, I'm not doing that this year. Because I that was such a dream. Here's the problem. It got so deep into the year where I hadn't missed anything, where I was like, now it's a thing I have to do. You know, why would I get all the way to September and throw in the towel then? You know, now it's a thing I could say I did. You know, I guess you're not buying that. You no, I, I mean I, I I get it. Yeah, you're you're pretty deep into it, but I, I probably would have just given up in October. <laughs> like I don't need yeah. I mean, did you really need to watch like the entire November month of, of main event? Like I don't Well the main events I haven't th- those are the ones I haven't watched them all yet. Oh, so now the truth comes out. Okay, no. No, no, no. I've been saying that. I've been yeah, saying no, that it's everything... Raw SmackDown and, and all the pay-per-views, of course. No, and two oh five and NXT. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Everything that hit tape, but main event, like that that's you know, I slack a little with that, but uh, you know, I'll I'll get to them. Um, you don't have to. Don't get to them. It's no, okay. I do. How can I not do it now? I mean, I, I gotta <laughs> be a still gonna do this. You're still gonna try to finish the entire 2017. Well, it's disingenuous if I don't. Oh at this my point. god! You can let main event go. It's fine. It's okay. I mean, it's like two more hours of TV. I can't do it. Oh, is that how far you are? Okay, I thought you had like, like a month left of main event or whatever. Well, okay. even so, it's like four hours. Whatever it is, I got a couple episodes left. I, I, I promise you have something better to do with four hours, but maybe you don't. Okay, go on. Listen, those Rhino matches aren't that bad. <laughs> You don't, you don't follow uh, words. You don't follow words on Twitter. No, yeah, he's. Uh, I Stay love what he show, said. baby. Stay yeah. show. So I, I love when he has the screenshots and it's like, nope. I promise, this is this week's episode because it's like Rhino, Kurt Hawkins, Gramatelik, like the same Scott thing. Like, yes, and every every week it's like people being freaked out that Gramatelik like works the wrong side of the body. <laughs> it's just like, yes. It's like this never-ending loop that like they could probably get away with just playing the same matches, and I think it would take you. I wonder how long it would take somebody to actually realize that they had already seen that and that it wasn't just the well, same. It, well, I, I could tell you that. Remember when I was writing the superstars reviews? How many times did the Lucha Dragons face the Ascension? <laughs> right, on right, Super, right. I mean, it, it's like they had well, seven we, we made it a meme. We made it a meme with like the Titus O'Neil. Featured yeah, in Titus it. O'Neil, it was just yeah. like the same matches, and I was like, "I'm not even going to try to find the. I'm just going to put Titus O'Neil on it every time. It's fine." Like, but but that's the thing about those C shows. Like, they'll do a three or four match series, and it'll have a little storyline behind it. You know, 
And it's almost like these little simple one hour shows with these little simple storylines in some ways can be more compelling than the mainline shows, which are like a drain on you. You know, I know I'm going to turn on superstars and I'm going to see the third match between Lucha Dragons and Ascension and damn it, someone's going to win this feud. You know, and it's like, there's something to the simplicity behind that. But again, it doesn't sound like I'm selling you on it. But no, but no, I I see what you mean, though. It's nice, compact. It's kind of old school in that sense. We're like, you watch like old school Raws, and that's something that I get a lot when I watch the old, is is like, even in 1993 Raw, like Repo Man steals Macho Man's hat. Well, Macho Man wants to fucking get at this guy. Three weeks later, he gets his hat back, and it's like, whatever. But at least you had that, like, hey, next week, like, Savage is going to, you know, run at, you know, run after Repo Man. And then the next week, they're going to fight, and then it's over. But it's kind of cool that they had that sense. So I I see what you mean on some sense. But yeah, I think I'm going to. A reason to pay attention. They're rewarding you for watching every week by doing these little sustained things. Boris Zukov takes off his boot and attacks Nikolai Volkov with it to break up the Bolsheviks. They have a match the next week on Superstars, and Zukov wins by DQ. And then they have another match two weeks later, and Volkov finally gets his revenge and and beats him clean in the middle. Like that, it's like you get yourself a little storyline for a couple weeks. So that's, you know, this mixed match challenge. It kind of has that kind of vibe. Where, whereas now, now here's the thing: like the Lucha Dragons Ascension or Boris Zukov, Nikolai Volkov has no greater effect on the rest of the storylines in the company. It's just a three week thing, and it's in and it's out. That could be with this mixed match challenges. It just could be like a nine, well, however many weeks this is, almost a three month thing, I guess, which has no bearing or consequence on anything else that goes on in the company. Or it could have like that TNA one night only vibe where it really is just in its own self-contained universe mm-hmm. and, and none of it matters at all. I, I think it's more the latter. I, I really do just because there's so many weird things here with like the teams being mixed between heels and faces or whatever. And like some people got really upset about that, like with Sami Zayn and, and, and Becky Lynch. And it's like, I don't I don't care because the reason I don't care is because I, I'm not thinking of it as canon. I'm thinking of it as breaking yeah. off a little bit. And and in that case, I, I, it doesn't really bother me. And I, I, and I can see why it would bother some people. And I, I, I could see why there is that that sort of thought about it is like, well, you're mixing, you know, the heels and the faces and you got Natalia who's, who's supposed to be retiring in a big, you know, bad heel or whatever. Well, she's teaming with Nakamura and she's so happy about it. And Carmella, you know, there's a lot of weird crossover and, and, and weird stuff going on there, but I just, to me, it just, it, I don't really care. I mean, and maybe there would be a better way to do this and, and maybe there's a better, you know, system where you don't necessarily, you know, kind of spit on all the storylines that you're doing in the main stuff. Cause it's going to be weird how they market it as well. And, and, so, and, and, and thus far they've kind of marketed it as one and the same. And I wonder if they sort of break off that a little bit and say, Hey, look, this is not necessarily WWE main line television or whatever. Cause, cause right now the, the videos of these guys, you know, uh, you know, deciding who their teams are going to be are showing up on, on WWE.com and showing up on the WWE Facebook and Twitter and all that sort of stuff. And, and I get why it's a little weird because you, you watch, you know, SmackDown, and Sami Zayn's this bullshit asshole heel that everybody hates, and then five minutes later he's you know taking a mask off and surprising Becky Lynch, who who gives him a big hug and, and can't wait to team with him. So I get that it's like it's weird in that sense, but you you kind of have to break it. But I, I understand that they're not necessarily uh, WWE isn't necessarily breaking it from that sense too. So again, it's it's kind of mixed messages, a little confusing there. So I, I get I'm just not upset about it because I don't really care all that much. But I, I do understand why some people are a little confused or a little perplexed why why they couldn't you know maybe make it a little bit more canon, make it a little bit more storyline. But to me, it has to exist in its own universe for that reason because like Sami Zayn and Becky Lynch, like how, how do you if they win, they get through the third round or whatever? How do you reconcile that on TV if Sami Zayn is still doing the stuff with Kevin Owens? 
I mean, are they going to? I, I doubt they would. Maybe they would. Maybe we're not giving them enough credit. Maybe this is the slow build. And then Zane realizes there is a better world out there. Then I, I don't know. I don't know if they're going to do that. To me, these are self-contained universes, but I don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know. We'll have to see with the first one. Now, the thing I'm more interested in, even in the in ring, is they've promised some production changes. So um, I want to see how it's shot. I want to see how it's produced. I want to see how it's presented. And maybe they're testing the waters to potentially, you know, some of the changes that they like making their way to, because as we've talked about ad nauseum, nothing needs a production facelift more than WWE television. It's dry. It's stale. It's been the same way since 2004. And we need a new way to watch this show. Um, So we'll see what they do in terms of the, the, uh, the, the different production. I'm, I'm, I'm very curious about that. Mm -hmm. So um, I'll definitely watch the first week. To take a look at that, I'll probably watch the second and third week. I can't promise you I'm watching this all the way through. If this doesn't grab me, this is easily something I can punt, even though it's only 20 minutes long. I mean, who says I'm going to be home on Tuesday nights to to watch this? Who says I'm not going to you know be doing you know, have something better to do? I, I I can't promise you I'm going to watch this thing all the way through. Yeah, I'm, I'm not quite sure what they've said about replays in terms of things. Yeah. I don't know if it just shows up live and then you never see it again, or if it's going to pop up on the YouTube page, or it's going to be you're going to be able to replay because some Facebook Live things you can go and replay back on Facebook. Like you can go to WWE's yeah. Facebook page and 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 watch it. If that's the case, then I probably will watch it because it's like, well, why not at that point if it's 20 minutes of your time? But if it's live right. or only, like I don't guarantee that like every Tuesday I'm going to be like, all right, you know, t- nine o'clock or ten o'clock. Eastern or whatever, let's sit down and let's watch this. Like it's hard to guarantee that, but I, I assume they'll be available for replay, but I don't know that for a fact. So I can't I can't say for sure. But uh real quickly though, I think we uh we should, probably should break down these brackets, break up you know, break down the teams that are in this this yeah, thing. Let's have some fun with that, I guess. Go ahead. Yeah, so uh week one, we kick it off. As mentioned, this is gonna be uh this coming Tuesday, the January uh 16th. Uh first one is Finn Balor and Sasha Banks versus Shinsuke Nakamura and Natalia. So that's your week one. Uh week two, the Miz and Asuka versus so the ba- Hold on now. The, yeah, um, the 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 Bullet Club is back. Uh, the original Bullet Club. They just did that on Raw last week with Balor and the club. So he's kind of doing this smarmy heel sort of thing. And this is what you're talking about. And then he's teaming with Banks. And then, like you said, Natalia, this this heel who's looking to retire, and she's in there with <laughs> But it looks to me like, and I and I guess it's it's hard to 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 pick winners in the in something that doesn't ultimately matter. It looks to me like old Shinsuke is doing another job. What do you think? I don't think Bowler and Banks are getting knocked out of this thing. In I do too, one, but right? there, there's a thing that's going to be interesting too, and we'll talk about this. There's a second chance fan vote that's coming up in week 11. Yeah. So anybody that loses has a chance to come back. Which so, to me is a perfect opportunity for the company to do some market research. You know, creatively pick who you're going to get knocked out in the first round and then see who the, who, you know, is most popular with the fan vote and, is, isn't that just a, a great opportunity to do oh, some absolutely. market research? I mean, yeah, and that's why Nakamura is one of the guys that I look at. And, and we were talking in our um, in our staff uh, Slack, and, and that's a team that everybody thinks – because it, it, it seems weird that they would win that, Natalia and, and, and Nakamura, but it, it seems so obvious that Balor and Banks would move on or whatever. But but Nakamura and Natalia seem to work great as that like fan vote team that like the fans rally behind and say, we really want to see Nakamura back in this. And then they can maybe go on a run and maybe make it to the finals, maybe win the whole goddamn thing. But 
it, right now it seems like Ballard and Banks should probably win that. And that might have been their creative idea of like, all right, let's, you know, put them against a team that, that, that should beat them. And then we'll see if they're, you know, popular enough to come back a little bit later because you look at some of these other teams too. I mean, that's one that definitely has a contender to, to, to get up there. The fans really want to rally behind it. I just don't know how many people really love <laughs> Shinsuke Nakamura anymore. Well, like, I think know. that team would stand no chance. And I'm going to tell you, because I think if it comes to fan votes, diva fans are going to take that shit over. And whoever the most popular divas are would win a fan vote, in my opinion, because diva fans, as you know, Rich, how can I be diplomatic about this? They're passionate, very passionate about their, uh, yeah, their, their, their slight, the, the women that they love, they love. And, yes. Yeah. So if like Alexa bliss got knocked out or something in round one, if she had the most passionate base of, you know, uh, of, of parody of not parody of, uh, like tribute, Twitter account people behind her and that's who's going to win a fan vote. It's not going to, I don't think the male wrestler will make a difference in the fan vote. It's going to come down who to whoever the most popular. Female yeah. And, and that's, that's a, a big part of why I think a lot of this is happening. Why this isn't just, cause it's on Facebook live and it's not just a, you know, it's not just a, a random dudes tournament. It's not a King of the Ring or whatever. And I think a big part of that is you know, they look at their young fan base, and and we know just from looking at role play accounts and all that sort of stuff that the younger yeah. fan base, a which is what this is really in a lot of ways designed for, being on Facebook. I mean, obviously they want all fans to be on here, but we know that there's already a base that's on there of, of, of you know. Well, see, that's where that's where Facebook is weird. Facebook is real popular with like people over fifty, and then it's not so popular with like millennials and then it's super popular with young with people younger than it's like weird right it's like these pockets of people where facebook is a is a thing of age groups and then some age groups just mock facebook and want nothing to do with it or have an account and never touch it right which if i didn't no. if i didn't need it for work i probably wouldn't ever touch it yeah, again, you so. are in that age group that's like i don't give a fuck about facebook you know what I mean? But all of your aunts and uncles are on the fucking exactly thing. yes, and all, all of the yeah. you know all my little cousins on, and stuff are all on it as well. But I mean, right. they're on so, they're on everything. They're on fucking everything. I mean, they're constantly on you know Snapchat and they're they're everything. Where me, I just want to disconnect from everybody as quick as I think because I grew up with this and it's like you know to me I, I knew a life before Facebook, whereas they don't and they like and that that goes to all social media. But so that's gonna be the interesting thing too is like and you said where they do this fan vote and how they do this fan vote. If it's if it's a Facebook based fan vote, if it's a, a Twitter based fan vote, then I think it's gonna be different because you know it's. It, it, it's not the same. There's like that older male base and we see that all the time with the demographics too. And then there's yeah. a younger base that's, that's predominantly, I mean, not, it's not predominantly female, but there are a lot more female young viewers than there are old female viewers or whatever. You know, a lot of it is, so it, it's weird. So it's going to be really interesting. This is just a, a weird kind of social experiment in a lot of ways. Uh, which is going on with this. But yeah, you do bring up a good point that that might be the team that wins, like the Alexa Bliss team, or if if God will, you know, if Naomi got knocked out or whatever, that's one that they, they really rally behind too. Whereas Natalia doesn't have that cachet with them. And, and there's a few others here that don't quite have that cachet either. Uh, week two, as I mentioned, uh, the Miz and Asuka versus Big E and Carmella. What do you think about those two teams? Um, <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I I don't know. I mean, they got cute with a lot of these teams later on, but I mean, it's just I don't know. The, the, I have no strong feeling about those teams at all. I don't. I still think Carmella stinks. If that's what you're trying to get at. Uh, no, not necessarily. I was I was more. I, I wanted your hot takes on the Miz Oscar because I know that's a team that a lot of people are passionate about. But uh, yeah, I don't. Uh, I have no passion for that. Team yeah, I'd be interested. To see, I mean, I have no passion for Oscar much anymore. But I'd be interested to see if they have her just kind of. Uh, people have sort of alluded to the fact that maybe Oscar just buzzsaw us through. Maybe the Miz just kind of coasts and let Oscar just sort of dominate the women and, and, and stuff. So I don't know. I, well, yeah, I could definitely, I could definitely see Oscar just destroying Carmella in this match and and then moving on. But the the only interesting thing to me is does if Asuka loses in this tournament, is that going to sully her streak? Mm-hmm. 
I guess if the Miz takes the fall, it wouldn't. Is that the angle they would take? She did lose a battle royal on NXT. Right, right, yeah. Um, I guess, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you, you kind of set yourself up by talking about the win streak and then putting her in this thing. But again, so talk about the canon non-canon thing. It's like I don't, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> is it going to be like? Are they going to? Is Michael Cole on uh, going to talk about it on on a regular show? Is like, is it going to be mentioned on a regular show, or is it going to be like, oh yeah, that's, there's that thing that exists. But what we care about is this. Like, I don't know. It's, it's going to be interesting to see with that team. But I feel like they're going to do pretty well um, one way or another. But I do like that the Balor Banks, Miz, Asuka would be a pretty fun second round. But the issue is how much do you want to blend the Raw and the SmackDown? Like, we know if, when we talk about these weeks, it's all Raw versus SmackDown. That one that we just say we say, okay, so say Balor and Banks win and, and, and Miz and Asuka win. Well, that's both Raw. Is that we are they going to try to avoid having it be too heavy on one brand or whatever? Are they going to try to keep it, you know, even Steven the whole way? I, I, I don't know. I mean, judging by how they book tournaments, I feel like they would keep it even Steven, but then you look at those two matchups and there's no way. I, 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 I'd just be shocked if the Miz and Asuka lost and I'd be shocked if Balor and Banks lost. So, so I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how that sort of works out um, in the other ones. Uh, so, week three, you got Braun Strowman and Alexa Bliss. And then Sami Zayn and Becky Lynch. So that'll be actually that'll be a pretty fun match. I'm kind of into that one. That's one of the 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 one that I actually you know when I look at all this the, the, this first round bracket, that's one that I could definitely um, enjoy because the Strowman Bliss is is just a great uh, juxtaposition there. And then Sami Zayn and Becky Lynch seem like a, a lot of fun as well as a team. So, but again, I, I don't know how the hell you predict this thing. Who knows? I'm just looking at I'm just looking at stars and how you eliminate them. It's kind of like a New Japan thing where everybody kind of has a pin eater here, like. You look at the teams that don't have pin eaters, and those are the ones that have to be the favorites, like Balor and Banks. There's no real pin eater there. You know, it's, 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 you know, I don't think Sasha Banks is going to drop a fall to Carmella, for instance. You know, that sort of thing. So um, I guess from that perspective, Strowman is not losing anybody in this thing, and, and Bliss is a pushed commodity. Um, but, but again, I mean, I guess you can beat Lynch. I don't know if you want to beat Zane now, but again, is it canon or is it non canon? Does any of this matter? And that's really what it all continues to come back to. Well, I know one team that's going to eat a pin real early. Goldust and Alicia Fox uh, versus the Uso and Naomi. I don't know which Uso is it. I assume it's Jimmy. It's, it is Jimmy. It's okay, the married one. They I was put, hoping. I was going to say that would be a real dick move. <laughs> well, no. The, the big thing that people were going nuts about is that they put the two married couples together. You know, yeah, Rusev right. and Lana, too. So, I don't know. I mean, I guess it's cute. It doesn't do a ton for me. Um, but, again, I don't think this is you know, marketed for Joe Lanza and Rich Krejci. Um, but, but yeah, Goldust and Alicia Fox, they're, they're, they're crazy, you know? So that's team crazy, you know, against the married couple. But yeah, I think that might be the easiest one to predict, even though it might be more fun if Goldust and Alicia Fox move on. Why are we doing this? Like, we're I don't really know. breaking <laughs> this down. Really, like, yeah, we should really just, I'm just going to run through the rest of these. This is a terrible waste of time. And I don't, it's, it's, nobody cares. Uh, week five, Elias and Bailey. That's, uh, oh boy. And then uh, Rusev and Lana on that. Too. Well, Bailey put up a Twitter poll to pick her partner, and Samoa Joe was like the overwhelming favorite, but then he's, he got hurt. Right, so. right, right. Um, that's how she ended up with Elias. Rusev and Lana, of course. I'm sure they'll have Rusev do a job again. Uh, because he can't, you know, win anything. And then uh, Cruz and Nia Jax, that's another team I think will will lose for sure because they're facing uh, uh, Charlotte Flair and entrance theme guy. Yeah. So, um, a lot, you know, a lot team of, robe. A lot of in that, man. Yeah, team robe. I was going to say. So, team robe. 
They got so. cute here. Uh, but as far as that, so then obviously that those are the first six weeks. Uh, week seven is obviously the, the winners of week one and week two. Week eight is we, winners of week three and week four. And then week nine, obviously five and six. And as women go on, the week 10 is going to be the winners, you know, week seven, week eight. And then week 11 is when we have the interesting, the, the second chance fan votes or whatever. So that'll be the winners, um, whoever moves on in week nine, and then whatever the second chance team is. So th- that'll, be, that'll be interesting to see. And like you said, a good test case. And then obviously week 12, uh, the one right before Mania, as you said, Tuesday, April 3rd will be the final one uh, for the Mixed Match Challenge. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see how many people really watch this, how many people are, are interested. The one thing I'm going to sort of tell people to, to, to reel it in a little bit and at least think about it is there's going to be some eye-popping numbers when this thing first comes out. And there's going to be a lot of big, you know, oh my God, and grandiose, and look how many people watch this thing or whatever. Be cautious of Facebook Live numbers. Facebook Live numbers can be greatly inflated. People jump in for a half a second. People are scrolling through their feed and it shows up like... You know, people in Bangladesh or why be very weary that like the seven million people or whatever that watch it are really tangible fans. But you know, not that WWE has ever used like inflated numbers to try to you know prop up something that they're trying to do. But this is one to just kind of be careful of because I know that I know for a fact that first number that they see that first night is going to be like eye poppingly large and everyone's going to freak out and oh my god, we, everything needs to be on Facebook. And just be wary. It's it's I can tell you from somebody who does social media marketing, Facebook Live is it's very good. It's a great tool, but the numbers are, are, are going to be inflated a lot by this. So it, it, what you really want to look at is a little bit of like who was on there for, you know, a, a length of time and, and who, you, you know, was watching for more than a few seconds or more than this or whatever. But more than that, you want to find out how many of those people are real people and, and people that are actually going to do anything more than just watch this thing on Facebook and then move on or whatever, you know, watch this thing for, for five minutes and, and then move on and go do something else with their lives. Like, I don't know how many of those 7 million or because I, I, and I'm just throwing that 7 million. I, I have no idea what it's going to be, but I think it's going to be a real gaudy number. And I could see a lot of people going, Oh my God, da, 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 you know, and, and, and just be wary of it. Cause that doesn't mean that there are that many people that love your company or what, what's the ball oh, affinity, you know, George Barrios used the, uh, you know, one in two households have an affinity for WWE. It's like, not really. No, they don't. So uh, this is one where I could see that, it being propped up in a lot of business meetings and quarterly calls and all that sort of stuff. Oh my God. I can can guarantee you that one in two households do not have an affinity for WWE. I don't think it was actually one in two. I think it was like, I think he legitimately came to a a meeting with a one in four number though, or something like that, which is, is ridiculous. Go down your block. Yeah. You can go down your block and I promise you. (laughs) There's no fucking shot that the number is even that high. There's no shot. But how are they defining affinity? If you watched WrestleMania three on close circuit when you were nine, no, I think it was that, it was that terrible poll they had, and that's the one that WrestleNomics guys still laugh about that thing all the time, and they still use it. It's like years later when they when they were about to launch the network, um, and and we got a lot of arguments with people that were like, no, 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 it's going to do this, and this. and of course it's 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 plateaued at a number, and it's kind of petered off at the at the same number that we kind of thought it was going to. Uh, but there was this survey that came out that said something like, I forgot. I mean, let, let me find the exact number, but it's like so ridiculously high and you're like that's not that can't possibly be the um yeah 2014 let's see uh WWE on how many uh okay <laughs> on slide number 14 WWE states that uh, of the top 16 global markets 159 million households 51 percent of broadband's homes have an affinity for WWE it said that 75 million homes are casual fans while 23 million homes are passionate fans 75 million 23 million homes <laughs> are passionate fans <laughs> Okay, sure. <laughs> and sure they've gone with that. And they, yeah. they went to like for like business meetings with like that as their number. And like, oh yeah, we'll do that. And then when the network came in, and, and you probably remember when that first network number came out, it was like 
a mutiny because they're like, well, what the hell? Like you said, you had 23 million interested, passionate homes. And, you know, there's like 2 million people watching this thing. And it was like, oh, well, you know, da, 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 da. and they've since sort of petered off a little bit and don't talk about it nearly as much. Now that the network numbers basically stayed stagnant, you know, for, for, for people, many years. There's these so passionate that where are these 20 million people uh, every Monday night then? These other, I don't know. you know, yeah. they, they can't be bothered to turn on the USA, but yeah, but they're passionate. They're passionate fans. All right, yeah, no. So that that's I, I'm just gonna yeah, just be aware of that because the problem is too. There, I think there's gonna be high numbers for this, but it doesn't necessarily mean that that those people are worth anything or, or, or are valuable commodities or whatever. Because we saw that with the Indian, we saw it with the Jinder Mahal. They they bought into YouTube views, they bought into retweets and stuff like that, and then they went to India, and none of those people could buy a ticket to go to the show because either they don't actually care, they're bots, or they just don't have the money to do it. So like, yeah, you can have a lot of people watch on Facebook Live. But what is that worth it to you? You have to sort of understand yeah. what if they're not fans, they're going to buy tickets, buy merchandise, buy the network, you know, then what value are they to you if they're just going to chime in and, and jump in for 20 minutes, you know, on a Tuesday and watch it on Facebook Live and then and then say, oh, I'm good. That's enough. Uh, you got to turn those people if they are truly the real numbers, turn those people into actual customers. But I could see it becoming a thing where people re- kind of rally behind those numbers and, oh, my God, look what it's going to be. And, and oh, we, we should put all of our – everything should be on, the, the, on Facebook. Oh, my God, everything. Should, and just, just, just understand that those numbers are going to be very high and that, that doesn't necessarily mean that WWE is, is, is in a new boom period because of that. So, But it will be interesting yeah. to see. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But uh, in my experience with Facebook Live, I, I, I don't think I'll be wrong in that case. So – that's a mixed match challenge. Starts off uh, January sixteenth, so make sure you uh, get your Facebook account all in order. Uh, even if you have to do a fake one like Joe, uh, but get it all in order so you can watch the uh, the mixed uh, match challenge. Buying tickets to sports and concerts can be complicated and confusing, but there is a better way to buy with SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to every type of live event, whether you're searching for a last-minute deal, planning a night out, or just need to find the perfect gift. SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. Joe and I have both used the SeatGeek app. I have used it a ton. I've just recently bought some Bulls tickets with it, and it is by far the easiest way to shop for tickets. Uh, It's simple and easy. They search multiple ticket sites at once. They compare prices, and they find you amazing deals. SeatGeek grades every ticket based on value to help you immediately identify the best seats that will fit your budget. Plus, every single purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with full confidence. So make SeatGeek your go-to app for finding the best deals on every type of ticket, whether it's sporting events, concerts, comedy, or theater. And as mentioned uh, numerous times on the show, but again, we want to reiterate, Voice Wrestling listeners can get $20 off. That's just SeatGeek's just going to give you 20 bucks for being a Voice Wrestling listener. You can't beat that. They're going to give you $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. All you have to do, download the SeatGeek app, enter promo code VOW. You enter promo code VOW, SeatGeek app, and SeatGeek is just going to give you 20 bucks off your first order. Straight up, nothing more you have to do. $20 off your first order. You cannot beat that deal. Download the SeatGeek app. Promo code VOW, 20 bucks off your first purchase. We thank them for their sponsorship of this week's Voice Wrestling Flagship Podcast. Hey, how's it going, guys? It's Rich, of course. Uh, after our mixed match uh, challenge uh, segment, Joe had an emergency that he had to take care of. So I'm going to fly solo the rest of the show. So it'll probably be an abbreviated version of the Voice Wrestling Podcast this week. So I apologize about that. But uh, yeah, obviously, life happens sometimes. So yeah, he he had to attend to something right away. So we trying to figure out ways that we could still do the show together. But it, it was just too much. So at least you got, you know, an hour, <laughs> 90 minutes or so of Joe and I. But yeah, we'll apologize. We'll, we'll be back in full boat uh, next week. But obviously, as I said, life happens. And I think you guys would understand but uh, we have a few other topics that i wanted to get to um this week before we say goodbye um nwa i want to talk a little bit about the the josephus tim storm match 
that they're building up for this Sunday. Also, New Japan's got some cool cards uh, coming up, so I want to talk a little bit about those, highlight some of the big stuff uh, going on there. And then, of course, the all-in pay-per-view, one that we've talked or not pay-per-view, rather, but the all-in event, uh, the big uh, drive from Cody Rhodes and the Bucks and, and Omega doing their sort of self-funded 10,000-seat uh, arena show. We got uh, some details on that. So uh, what I'm going to start with, though, is the NWA, because we were talking about Mixed uh, Match Challenge, and we were talking about you know digital and Facebook and YouTube and all that sort of stuff. And I think this is a, you know, obviously a great jumping off point here is with the NWA and what they've been doing as of late with uh, Billy Corgan and, and Dave Lagana, of course, running the uh, the NWA now as it is. With you know, it's obviously a new entity, very different from the old NWA. Uh, they're running sort of a traveling show, a traveling storyline with a, a few key guys and, and, and working and sort of building off of that to start off. But um, and, of course, weeks ago we talked about the Tim Storm and uh, Nick Aldis match. They were building up to the 10 pounds of gold, and, and Tim Storm sort of defending the title all around um, the, the country. Uh, well, of course, if you, if you haven't been following, and I know we've missed it for a little bit, obviously there's been Wrestle Kingdom and some other stuff, but uh, Tim Storm lost the title uh, to Nick Aldis, the former Magnus. He uh, was defeated. Uh, of, they had a match, uh, Josephus and Tim Storm. We talked about, a little bit about the Josephus. I think we talked about the build-up to that match. Well, Josephus attacked Tim Storm, you know, got him hurt with some, you know, he busted up his ribs, you know, hit him with a ladder and stuff. So there was obviously an attack so tim storm went into the match with nick aldis not 100 percent, and that sort of played into the uh the story of sorry i had a dog jump in my lap okay there we go <laughs> played into the story of um why uh why tim storm lost the title or whatever so it was, it was well built on that sense and we talked about josephus and how he was a real great promo uh wrestler there's a lot to be desired with josephus it's not quite there all the way but um is just it is not as refined in ring and and that's not to say Tim Storm was a super worker or Nick Aldis is a super worker or any of them are real super workers but there was still a uh, you know I, I don't know Josephus was, he was pretty bad in the ring but that's fine because he had a really good you know really good promo style really good character so it, it worked well for the Tim Storm match and worked well in the build um, but that's what we've sort of seen over the last uh, few nights or the last few uh, uh, videos I should say for the uh, NWA YouTube.com slash NWA uh, there've been five or six videos building up this feud between Josephus and Tim Storm building up to a match. That's going to happen this Sunday. Uh, they haven't said that it's going to stream live. I believe they just said it'll uh, at some point show up on YouTube.com uh, slash NWA at some point. I don't know if they said when. I don't know if they said live. I, we'll see when that eventually happens. But uh, it's Josephus versus Tim Storm. It's going to be an empty arena match at the Impact Zone. Yes, that Impact Zone uh, in Orlando, Florida. And again, I said Sunday, January uh, 14th. It's going to happen. Of course, it doesn't matter because you're not going to be able to go there live and watch it. And I don't believe you're going to be able to watch it live either. You're going to be able to watch it on, on VOD on their YouTube page. But uh, they've been building up to this match and it's been it's been interesting i i I liked a lot of the stuff they did with tim storm i really did and and i was kind of curious and this is why it sucks that joe had to go and i again i know why he had to go and i I was obviously fully supportive of him you know caring about life more than than this podcast but i was really curious on his thoughts on, on this angle and what they've been doing with it because one of the things that i loved about tim storm and if you remember when we talked about it is that it was very much Tim Storm, the man, Tim Storm, the human being that that, you know, when the when the lights went on and when he got to the arena, he was Tim Storm, the the, the wrestler, Tim Storm, the the 10 pounds of gold guy, you know, Tim Storm, the NWA World Heavyweight Champion. But once that bell was done and once he left that arena and went home, he was just Tim Storm, the guy. He was Tim Storm, the teacher at, at, at school. He is a wrestler and people know he's a wrestler. But at the end of the day, he's still the teacher. You know, at the end of the day, he's still, you know, and, and that's I, I like that. They're part of that. The everyday man, the, the, the every man, part of that really, you know, really worked for me. And, and Nick Aldis and the buildup between those two 
wasn't necessarily this over-the-top wrestling character either. He was motivated by, hey, look, you know, I, I, this is a title with a lot of lineage, and, and I want to win it. And that was all. That's all he really needed to do. Well, Josephus came at it with a very much, uh, in the match with Tim Storm, and, and throughout these videos too, which we'll, we'll get to here in a little bit of, of more specifically these these recent videos, but the, the Tim Storm one, he came into it very much... Manipulative, very much like I'm a normal guy. I, I, I'm a professor, but I, I have a dark side too. And it was it was kind of cool in those interesting videos. The first one that he did is he was in like a recording studio, I believe, maybe maybe possibly where he you know where he teaches or whatnot. I, I don't know if they ever said or I don't remember if we mentioned it as well. But he you know starts off talking pretty normal, talking about hey this is me and da 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 and do this, and then slowly starts to zoom into the camera and starts to get a little nuts and a little broken or whatever because he's very much motivated by this. Like yeah, I'm an, I, I'm a normal guy, but I really want to win this title. I really you know this means a lot to me and and I'll, I'll i'll do anything to do it and you know i have a sinister side and i i'm willing to sort of let my you know let let you know my sinister side take control to to, to win this title or whatever and it was cool because again it was rooted in some reality he was a, a normal human being he was a guy that had a life outside of wrestling and then he also had this wrestling persona and that sort of they weren't necessarily the same person they kind of you know switch got flipped when he became the wrestling persona but i'm okay with that that's that's you, you need that and and tim storm to an extent still had that as well he was the teacher he was the everyman but once he got out there and wrestled he was still, you know, Tim Storm the wrestler. So you always kind of needed that. And that's one of the issues that I have with this buildup of the Josephus-Tim Storm match. And, and for people that haven't seen it, I would encourage you to, to, to watch this. Maybe even pause this podcast right now and go watch those. They're not long. I mean, they're eight minutes. So you can watch five or six of them in, 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 in no time whatsoever. So I really, really encourage you when you're watching this. Because I don't think you're going to get the correct, really the right context unless you go and watch it and, and kind of understand what they're doing here. But the, the, the issue that I've had with this build is that Josephus has sort of shred that every man that 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 human persona and has become very much an over the top character has very much become a a he's not unlike a, a Bray Wyatt type in, in some senses. I think he's doing Bray Wyatt better than Bray Wyatt, but I don't want Bray Wyatt in my NWA. You know what I mean? Like, and, and there might be people that do. And I, and judging by YouTube comments and judging by a lot of the feedback, there are a lot of people that enjoy this. And, and I'm not saying they're not doing a good job because they are doing an incredible job with the build to this. I just don't know if it's for me. I just don't know if it's something that I really like or something that I'm really interested in seeing. And that's my disconnect right now with with the build t- towards this match is is. And and I was going to bring this up in ahead in my notes to talk about Joe is it's like to me they're trying to do the House of Horrors in a lot of ways they're literally doing that where Josephus rolls up to Tim Storm's daughter's house uh, he's got a spiritual advisor which is this bald woman that hangs around with Josephus or whatever and she goes up to the window and knocks on the door and you know in the next video you learn that Tim Storm thank God he says well thank God my daughter wasn't there and and, and Tim Storm's starting to get mad too and he's like well you've made this a personal issue you've made this more than about the title you made this more about the NWA championship you've made this a, you know and I don't. I don't like that necessarily, and that's not, again, not to say, they're, they're doing a very good job building up a House of Horrors style match. They're doing a very good job building up what is a, a, a very good pro wrestling storyline, but one of the appeals that I had of NWA when, it, when you know, the, the Lagana and, and Corgan did this relaunch is that it felt very real, very rooted in reality, very much like, a, hey, you have, you have WWE, which is, we always say, the telling stories. Well, we're not going to be. We're, we're going to tell stories, but we're going to tell stories through human beings. We're going to tell stories through their lives and through their stories, and that's going to sort of lead on to our, you know, and and how we're going to tell our stories is through those people. It's through their lives and 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 what they have to say and how they live their lives, and that, that's going to what we. That's going to be the, the 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 root of everything we do. It's going to be all rooted in in some form of reality, and then obviously it's still wrestling. So there has to be that little, you know, with the volume turned all the way up, or a, a, a you know, a switch gets flipped or whatever because it's pro wrestling. Whereas the build of this has just been a little bit different. It's just been a little 
too WWE eyes for me, a little too storyline based, a little too I like I don't truthfully believe that Josephus, the college professor, is is doing what he's doing. I feel like Josephus the, the character is doing that. And 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 I get that that might have been a necessary evolution from the NWA, but to me it's not what I really wanted out of this. And it's not what I was really uh drawn to with the Tim Storm stuff. Not what I was really drawn to initially when the NWA got relaunched. So so for me I'm not that excited about the build of this, and I hope that it's it's maybe just this one-off thing because they have this interesting character in Josephus, who, who full disclosure, is doing an incredible job with the character. As I said, he's doing Bray Wyatt better than Bray Wyatt could ever dream of doing it. He's The promos are good. The spiritual advisor plays her role perfect. She never says a word. She just looks at the camera, and that tells you enough for whatever. And, and Tim Storm, they've been doing a lot of phone conversations with him where you, you know he hasn't been there live in the promos, but has been sort of saying, hey, you know, I'm, I'm pissed off. You know, they've, they've, they've taken it to another level. They've done this. But again... The part of me that I didn't like that is, is I, I kind of enjoyed the Tim Storm that, you know, once the wrestling was over, could just kind of go home and just be Tim Storm and just, you know, rummage through photos with his wife or whatever, or just, you know, sit on the couch and, and just be Tim Storm. But now that they've made it his family thing, it, it, to me, it just has too much of the Randy Orton Triple H thing where, you know, they, they go in there and Triple H is, you know, beating up people, you know, beating up his family and, 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 and Randy Orton's kissing stuff. Like a little too much of that family. You know, we've seen that so many times. The Brian Pillman Stone Cold Steve Austin. I mean, you can bring up numerous WWE examples where they sort of, okay, now you've crossed the line by bringing my family into it or whatever. I've always always been kind of weird that stuff it just doesn't really work for me all that well it's just not what I want out of my wrestling and that's not to say that's not good stories like a lot of those were pretty decent stories and a lot of those were told very well like even the house of horrors I admit was done well if you liked it but I thought it sucked because I don't want that I don't want that on my wrestling so it was one of my worst matches of the year and I, and I absolutely hated that feud because there's just I don't have interest in that I just don't have interest in seeing that in my wrestling whereas what they did with the early 10 pounds of gold that's what I want out of my wrestling I want the real sports feel I want the real realism that that you get from processing storylines and let that be the story that's told so i'm a little i don't know i'm not in love with the josephus uh, tim storm build i can admit that it was done well i can admit that you know i'm a little excited to see what they do on january and and, or uh, on, on sunday january 14th and um and Josephus is absolutely a heel. I mean, in this, you can't possibly root for Josephus. You absolutely would root for Tim Storm. So in that sense, in the perfect heel face dynamic, they've nailed that. But I just think they've gone a little bit too far into the, the, the sci-fi, a little bit too far into the storytelling, and a little bit too more into the telling stories that we laugh about with WWE, and a little bit too more into the... I, I just don't... I, I, it's lost a little bit of its, 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 its suspension of disbelief. I can't believe that... that Josephus would really do this. I can't believe that you know Tim Storm would 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 really have this happen to him or whatever. So that's one of the things that that, that worries me a little bit. But um, I'm still interested to see what's going to happen. And of course, as I mentioned Sunday uh, empty arena match in in, in Orlando. Uh, yeah, of course at the Impact Zone, which is is great. So we'll see what happens. But yeah, I mean that's my one thing. I, and go watch the videos, and you might have a completely different take than me. You might think I'm out to launch and, and you love it or whatever, and that's fine. I, I think it's all dependent on what you really want out of your wrestling. And I think even the people that run NWA, I know a few of them do listen to this, and I think they'll 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 understand because they've always been kind of open to you know suggestions and open to what people said. And that's all I'll say is that like I'm not saying that it sucks. I it sucks for me. It sucks for Rich Creech. And I was curious what Joe Lanza was going to say too. Because for me, this isn't what I want out of my wrestling. But there are plenty of people that might want this. And in that case, they're as long as they're still doing a good job with it, and they're not completely becoming a laughing stock, and they're not, you know, because it's still shot well, it's still filmed well, it still looks good, it's still the story makes sense. It's just maybe it's not a story that you're invested in. That doesn't mean you think it's garbage, or you think it's stupid, and you hate that they're doing. But it's just you're not that invested in it. And they've sort of they they built a benefit of the 
that with 10 pounds of gold. So I'll give them a chance. I'm going to keep rolling with them for a little while, but I'm just, I, I'm weary of the direction. And I hope that it's just for this Josephus character and that once he's maybe out of the picture, if, you know, presumably he's out of the picture at a certain point, that maybe then they go back a little bit more towards, you know, some different angles or whatnot. And then there's also the idea that, you know, you've done this Tim Storm story and it's been great, but is there a time to sort of break off from that and, and, and tell a different story now? Nick Aldis is kind of on the outside looking in. I'm assuming once this Josephus uh, Tim Storm thing is done, that once again, Nick Aldis will rise to the the top. But then is it against Tim Storm? Is it against Josephus? Or then do you maybe get another person in there? Do you do you now then start working some other people in in, in these stories? Or are these the three that they're going to run with for a while? I, I don't know. There's a lot of interesting questions about it. I think they're, the, the approach that NWA, NWA is taking is interesting. I, I, I think, and, and we've talked about it numerous times here, but I'm just a little cautious. I, I just am not in love with what they're doing with this Josephus Tim Storm. Again, not saying that I think it sucks because I think it's it, it's being done well. It's just not for me. So that's where I go with that. But I uh, definitely would encourage you to go watch those videos because I think they're well done enough. And, and I think the story is, is cool enough that uh, you should absolutely go uh, and watch that. Um, as far as some other stuff going on, I want to move on to the uh, end of, uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling, I should say. Not NWA. I'm done with them. Um they have the Fantastica Mania, the uh, the the annual uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling CMLL uh, joint shows in Japan, which are incredible shows, by the way. I, I don't watch a ton of lucha, I don't watch a ton of CMLL, of course, but there's something to be said for these shows and how much fun they are. And and the part that I love the most about these is, you know, roster aside and and aside of who comes and what matches are in there. And we're gonna talk. There's not there's some good stuff on this, but there's not like a ton of stuff that you absolutely need to know about. But um, what's really the best part about these is. The crowd investment is so cool. When they go to Cork and Hall, those fans think it's a lucha show and they treat it like a lucha show. And we always talk about how those hardcore fans are, you know, we'll see sometimes, you know, you go back and watch, you know, Will Ospreay versus Ricochet and they chant, this is awesome during it because that's what they think that they should do. It's, you know, it's a WWE, not a WWE, I shouldn't say an American style match or whatever. It's two Americans. It's two, you know, and, and obviously Will Ospreay is an American, but North American, whatever you want to say, North American, you know, Western, whatever you want to say, whatever you want to say. So they, they, they kind of get, treat it and, and, and appreciate it in the sense that they are watching a North American or a Western style match. They chant, this is awesome or whatever. Well, you watch these Fantastica Manias, and they got flags, they got Vuvuzelas, they got air horns, they they do the chants. It's just they embrace it. They they go to that show saying, I am watching Lucha. I am watching CMLL, and we're going to treat it like that. We're going to have fun like it's a Lucha-style thing. We're not going to go there and treat it like it's a normal New Japan show or a New Japan match or whatever. So I really appreciate that. That's one of the best parts about this entire tour that I really like. Um, but as far as the tour, it's kicking off on the, uh, the 12th. A lot of those are not airing, so you're going to see that, that that schedule and go, oh my god, it's starting already, oh my god. A lot of this is not airing. These are being filmed for Samurai TV. I don't. They might pop up on New Japan World at some point, but for all intents and purposes, they're just house shows that, that they're doing, uh, just traveling house shows. What we're really going to have to worry about here is starting on the 19th, so that's Friday the 19th. That's the first show in Corican Hall, and that's the one that's going to show up on New Japan World Live. So that And the rest of the tour is going to show up on New Japan as well, but... Um, uh, th- that's the first one to really care about, and that's the first one that we're really going to look about here. Um, as far as the matches, what's what's really interesting, and in, 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 in Joe and I were talking about this a little bit before he had to run, is the New Japan talent on this year's tour is not... Because a lot of times it's been like your your top New Japan guys mixed in with with similar guys, and it's been kind of fun. And and on the house shows, it is that like you'll see Okada and Gato teaming with you know you know these random guys, Ultimo Guerrero and stuff. So it's kind of cool in that sense. But as far as the big shows, the the Korokan ones and the ones around New Japan World, your New Japan talent is is really low. I mean, you have uh, on this this first the nineteenth show, you have Satoshi Kojima, Tetsuya Naito. And Hiromu Takahashi and, and Bushi. So it's to say, so you got Kojima, Naito, Takahashi, Bushi. That's it. The rest of it is CMLL guys. And you watch the rest of the tour, 
that's it. Those are your featured guys, and and we're gonna mention why Kojima is featured um, as well. And 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 but it's really it's a it's a tour built on Naito. It's a tour built on Hiromu, and it's a tour built on the CML guys. So it, it, it's interesting in that sense that they aren't necessarily loading it up with a lot of New Japan guys. They're letting you know the CML guys take a lot of the glory here and a lot of the the, the shine while also integrating some of their you, you know Kojima is a guy that doesn't get used a lot throughout the year. So why not put him in this big spot? I like it. I think it's pretty awesome that you don't have you know give those guys a break. Get your Okada's a break. Give your Tanahashi's a break. Get you give your you know those other guys a break but then let maybe guys that are on the roster like a kojima is perfect for this guys that you know maybe don't do a ton yuji nagata would be a perfect case for for this as well guys that aren't doing a ton that can then sort of spread their wings over this tour and and, and have something of meaning but um let's go over this first uh the 19th so it's in japan world uh the big three matches you have to look at are all big time cml matches um, so the first big match we're going to talk about, the fourth from the top, or third from the top, rather, uh, the CMLL World Middleweight Championship match. You have the champion, Angel de Joro, uh, versus the challenger, Quatero. Quatero, I don't know. Again, I'm horrible. <laughs> this is the worst thing ever, is Joe leaving for this. Even though he's not very good at, at, at pronouncing these lucha names, I am much worse. I took German my entire life. I am a German man. I have no Spanish. I know. I, I don't. I, I'm terrible with Spanish. So I apologize in advance if all these names are botched and all they're terrible. But just, just to, you know. Understand that I'm, I'm putting that qualifier on there. But, uh, yeah, that match, and, and we've heard that's a really good one as well. That's one that I really look out for. This match, second from the top, has been, to all the Lucha guys told us, hey, this is the one to watch, and this is the one to sort of keep your eye on for. This is for the National Welterweight Championship match, and Soberano Jr., the champion, versus Sanson. So um, that's one that we've heard really good things about, one that they've, I think, have been building up a feud for a while. Again, I don't really watch Lucha all that much, but we've heard, you know, kind of hang a star on this one and, and remember this one for... Uh, uh, later, and then the uh, the main event of the 19th show, CML World Light Heavyweight Championship, a champion Nibla Roja uh, against Gran Guerrero is your challenger. So you have uh, champion Nibla Roja against Gran Guerrero, CML World Light Heavyweight Championship match. But there you go. That is your your three. Again, all CML guys, all big team CML matches, which will be cool. I mean, the fans are going to appreciate it. They're going to be into it regardless, but not a lot of New Japan presence on there. What you do have is in the second match. Uh, of the show, you have Satoshi Kojima, Dragon Lee, uh, Star Junior versus Hirai Kawato. Or, sorry, Satoshi Kojima, Dragon Lee, Star Junior, and Hirai Kawato, which we should mention Hirai Kawato. Uh, they did mention his excursion is going to be on CMLL. So this will be his last sort of, quote, New Japan run here. And then he's going to leave with these guys, go back to CMLL, and then he'll be there on excursion for, who knows? Could be a year, could be two years, could be three years, could be six months. We, we don't know. We, we'll have to see. But uh, good landing spot for him. I think that's of all places to go. We've seen Samuel churn out a lot of really good guys. I mean, Hiromu Takahashi is a great example of a guy who went there, uh, came back, and was ready to go. So it'll be interesting to see there. And, and Sho and Yo, too, did a, lot, a big run there. Um, so it'll be cool to see kind of uh, what happens with Karai Kawato. But uh, if you like Karai Kawato, well, uh, you're going to have to start watching Samuel because he's going to be gone for a while. And uh, if you've just been a New Japan watcher, uh, you'll have to say uh, wave goodbye to him and, and hope that he comes back bigger and better. But he he most likely will because they, they all do so far. But, uh, yeah, so the second match, Kojima, Dragon Lee, Star Junior, Karai Kawato versus Rush. Uh Naito, Takahashi, and Bushi, and of course Rush is, uh, you know, a member of the LIJ, um, so he kind of jumps in there and, and, and sort of works with them on that night. But then the rest of the the, the card is all CML guys, so uh, nothing big there we have to talk about. But um, we'll move on to uh, the twenty first again. This is on New Japan World as well. This is Sunday the twenty first again. The top three matches all CML guys. No integrations really between um, of New Japan and, and CML. You have uh, a little mini tag tournament they're doing as well. You have the CML Brothers Tag Team Tournament first round match. Nibla Roja on Hell Dohoro versus Ultimo Guerrero and Gran Guerrero. Um, that's going to be the third match from the top. Uh, second match from the top and again another first round match of the tournament. Dragon Lee and Mystico versus Sansan and Quatero. And then the main event um, is going to be not uh, the, the Brothers Tag Team Tournament but a uh, 
NWA World Historic Welterweight Championship match, Volador Jr. versus uh, Kevin Ario. And Kevin Ario's did not come last year, which kind of sucked because he's awesome. So it'd be cool to see him back in this environment. He's a guy that that um, I wish would make more trips to New Japan because he, he really the, the audience always buys into him, and he's he's got a cool uh, style as well. So I'm all in Kevin Ario. I like him a lot. And him versus Volador Jr. should be a really fun match there for the NWA World Historic Welterweight Championship match. Which is the lineage of that title is very odd. If you're wondering, wait a minute, NWA World Heavy? Yeah, just just look it up. You'll see it's 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 uh it's a bizarre title. I forget when it sort of broke away from uh, the NWA, but it's it's still kind of floating around in Mexico and has been for a while. You know, what? let's let's look it up here real quick. Let's uh let's see because that'll be fun. Uh, don't have Joe here to bounce this off, so we'll uh, we'll kind of look this up here. So this NWA World uh, Welterweight. So um. Oh no! So okay, so I'm wrong. It, it came. It was governed by the CMLL. So never mind. I'm annoyed. So the CMLL has held the NWA World Heavyweight Championship or the World Welterweight Championship for over 53 years. So uh, even after leaving the NWA in 1989. So okay, so they've had it forever and they're going to keep it forever. So okay, never mind. That's where I don't know the history of it all that much. So uh, there's that title. So uh, yeah, I don't know the background of that. But anyway, if you're wondering why the NWA World Welter World Historic Welterweight Championship is uh, is on. Uh, in New Japan and in CMLL, there you go. So, uh, then the final night of the Fantastic Mania is the 22nd. Uh, this will be Monday again at Cork and Hall. Uh, the real match to look at here, there's a few good ones. Um, obviously, you have the CMLL Brothers Tag Team third place match. So, the two losers uh, from the previous night will then place uh, you know, in this and do a third place. Uh, the Harai Kawatu send-off match. So, we got to say goodbye to Harai Kawatu. He'll be teaming with Atlantis. So, it'll be Atlantis and Harai Kawatu versus Kevin Ario and Gato. So that'll be pretty cool there. Uh, and then your second from the top, special singles match, which is really cool here. You got Satoshi Kojima versus Rush. So that's been a big build here. And throughout all the tag matches on the house shows and stuff, it's going to be Kojima versus the LIJ guys, uh, all building up for the second from the top, uh, Kojima versus Rush. And then the main event, the final main, uh, final match of the Fantastic Mania Tour, uh, the CML Brothers Tag Team Tournament Finals. So it's going to be the uh, whoever comes away from that tournament, uh, the, the Brothers Tournament, which is cool too, obviously, with them all being brothers or whatever. But uh, yeah, that'll be your Tournament Finals. So uh, interesting in a sense because we've seen a little bit different approach with the uh, Fantasy Mania, and sometimes they've they've integrated the, the New Japan and CML town a little bit more. This one is very heavy on the CML guys, and they're really letting those guys, you know, shine and let them go, let them have the big main events and let them be sort of on their own. Where yeah, before it would be you know some a lot more integration, but I, I'm interested in seeing that. I mean, it'll be pretty cool. Um, and and we know that a lot of stuff that that they're going to have on these shows have some stakes in in, in Mexico as well. So that'll be um, kind of cool to see that. So you, they feel important even if there's not a lot of integration of the New Japan and if there's not even a lot of New Japan talent on there. I think they're still definitely worth your time. And and I'd say they're definitely worth your time because they're just fun shows. The crowd's all into it. Um, the guys all work their asses off. Uh, and if you've never seen a guy like Kevin Ario, you absolutely have to watch him. Uh, he's got a great man event against Valador Jr. I'm positive of that. And then the the tournament finals, uh, the Brothers Tag Team Tournament final should be pretty cool as well but uh so that's our fantastic mini and that kind of leads us into uh the new beginnings and uh joe and i have a more extensive breakdown of the new beginnings um in a few weeks but uh we get new beginning in Sapporo so we have two shows in Sapporo which is pretty interesting it's the first time I believe that they've done this but uh you start with the 27th uh January 27th is the first one as far as that your main event uh really fun match one that I'm really looking forward to Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Minoru Suzuki uh and then you also on that same show have a never open weight six-man uh tag title uh yeah Bad Luck Folly Tamatonga and Tangaloa of course who won the titles at uh Wrestle Kingdom and they'll be defending him against Togi Makabe Toa Hanare. So Hanare has sort of changed his name, and, and we said at, at Wrestle Kingdom and the Rambo, you could tell he had obviously the face paint and, and, and was really embracing his Polynesian roots, but now he has been completely renamed as Toa Hanare. So I don't know if he's going away. I think they're assuming that the... Uh, I guess they're counting the, the Achilles injury as his excursion, but I guess that's fine. We'll, we'll see if he ends up uh, going anywhere. But anyway, it's going to be 
Takabe, uh, Toa Hanare, and uh, Ryusuke Taguchi uh, are going to be going for those titles. So Taguchi has the chance to win his his, his 90th never open weight six man title match with his 89th different uh, uh, group of three. But uh, that. I guess that's his gimmick, and, and I guess I'm fine with him being in that gimmick. But uh, so that's your first one. So not a uh, not a loaded show there, but uh, Tanahashi and Suzuki on top uh, should be awesome. I mean, those guys had have had great matches in the past, and, and that's this should be no exception here. Um, and that's an Intercontinental title match, I should say. So it's Tanahashi defending his IC title uh, against Minoru Suzuki. Uh, and then the 28th next day, uh, back in Sapporo, uh, another new beginning in Sapporo. You have, I, I forgot to mention in the first one, you have a, a, a Kitamura is doing his trial match series, seven match trial match uh, series. He, uh, in that first one, it's going to be Michael Elgin versus Kitamura. And now on the second show, it's going to be Juice Robinson versus Kitamura. So kind of cool little micro story uh, going on there. As far as this show, uh, the top two matches, the ones to really look forward to and really look after is uh, a junior tag championship match. You got Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks, of course, defending their titles against Yo and Show. Yo and Show getting the rematch. Uh, so will be the first events for the Young Bucks, and Yo and Show will try to win back those titles. Um, and then the main event is for the U.S. Heavyweight Championship. You got Kenny Omega defending against Jay White. So obviously they've been building that match up a ton. Jay White joins Chaos kind of weirdly, and I'm sure Joe and I will kind of talk about that more you know, when he's back. Um, but... This is one to really look forward to. I mean, if Jay White lays an egg, you know, then, then there's got to be some conversation about what 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 are we doing here with Jay White? What's you know what? How long do you give him? What, how long of a leash you give him? Because if you can't deliver against Kenny Omega, then there's going to be some issues. And and you know, I'm obviously gun shy about this match just because I, I mentioned all the time the Yoshihashi Kenny Omega match. Well, Joe sort of talked me down from it uh, last week, so so I'm hopeful that this will be awesome. And I think Kenny Omega will bring his A game, but uh, it'll be interesting to see what what ends up kind of happening with with this match. But uh, another big spot for Jay White and another chance for him to really deliver. Um, as far as other stuff, there's a, um, uh, Road to New Beginning on the 5th, uh, February 5th, of course, at Corican Hall. And this one, what's really fun about this one, obviously you have a Kitamura, uh, trial match, or match trial series, I should say, uh, Tenzon versus Kitamura, which should be pretty fun to watch as well. But the thing to watch, even though I rationally hate them and I hate them more than anything, but really, I mean, I, I like New Japan elimination matches. You have one of the, uh, special elimination 10-man tag matches. Okada, Goto, Yoshihashi, Will Ospreay, and Gato versus Sonata, Evil, Naito, Hiromu, and Bushi, obviously, LIJ versus Chaos. Uh, big 10-man elimination match. These are pretty awesome to watch. They're always a big deal. They always go forever. Uh, and the eliminations, they can go over the top, or they can go pinfalls or whatever, which is always kind of a fun element, too. But these are always really good. You know, I, you know, jokingly, uh, Joe will always say I hate elimination matches. I hate Survivor Series matches because I think they suck, and they're usually, you know, they use backhanded, you know, weird things where guys get rolled up and, and weird shit like that to, to protect guys. Where these, they go balls to the wall. These guys all bust their ass on these shows uh, and on these matches. So that should be pretty cool seeing that in the main event. And you also have a David Finley versus Jay White match on there too as, as kind of a random singles match. So that might be another way to sort of knock the rust off of Jay White and, and, and give David Finley a good spot too. That's going to be second from the top on that show. Uh, which is pretty cool. Um, and then we should mention another uh, road, uh, road to New Beginning on the 6th in uh, Corican Hall again. So Corican Hall is going to get all your big shows, obviously, in this tour uh, that are not the New Beginning Sapporo's. But this Road to New Beginning, uh, again, a Kitamura 7 match trial series, this time against Kojima. So he's getting really, <laughs> getting tens on Kojima on uh, back to, uh, or, you know, not back to back nights. Oh, back to back nights. Yeah, yeah, on the 5th and the 6th. Uh, so that'll be pretty fun here. And the one match to really look at for this show is IWGP heavyweight tag titles. You got Sonata and Evil versus the challengers Okada and Hiroki Goto. Now that is really cool and something that Joe and I have been saying forever would be awesome is is why not just have Okada just pick one of the chaos guys and, and, and go for the title? And, and and why not just have, you know, 
Goto is a guy who just, you know, then sort of picks random partners or whatever. It's, it's awesome. Why not have main eventers jump in here? You know, if these guys don't win, it's still a big match. And the crowd's going to go absolutely fucking ape shit for Sonata and Evil versus Sokata and, and, and Goto. So, like, why not? And, and, and you lose nothing. And it was what was the basis of All Japan Pro Wrestling for years and years and years. Of course, you had your, your great matches with the Kobashis and Misawas and, 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 and you know, Taways and, and, and all those guys and, and, and Kawadas and all that sort of stuff. But was in between all those was, was, was tag matches and, and really great tag matches. I mean, the lineage of great All Japan is built off main eventers having tag matches, and they didn't always need to be, uh, you know, sometimes guys would just team together, and it didn't, it, it just happened, and it's fine. Like, they were, you know, friends, and they teamed together to face another team, and, and that's what this is. Okada just said, hey, let's, me and Goto, let, let's go for it. Let's go for these titles. And I think that's really cool. I mean, it could be a one-off, and, and that's fine. But this is a way, and, and, and hopefully they, they kind of break this down, and they can just do this in the future as well, because it's a great way to have, let's say Okada loses the title at, at, at Dominion or whatever. Instead of, you know, to get him out of the title picture, you can just go on a tag title run. You can just go for the tag titles. And for a while, he kind of lays low for a bit, and him and whoever from Chaos go on a tag title run. Like, why not do that? It's, it's, it makes all the sense in the world. It keeps, you know, your big stars in big moments, and it makes these tag matches important. How important is this match now? Sonata and Evil versus Okada and Goto. We haven't seen that before. It's new. It's unique. It's, it, it's different. I mean, that, that's awesome. So, That'd be cool there. And then the uh, the other shows we'll talk about here on the 10th, so February 10th. Uh, New Beginning in Osaka. That's Saturday the 10th, I said. Uh, the trial series uh, for this one, Nagata versus Kitamura is going to lead us off. Uh, special singles match, Gato versus Bushi. So that's kind of interesting. They kind of built that up at, at New Year Dash. Uh, and they'll pay it off here at New Beginning in Osaka. You also have Yoshihashi versus Naito. Uh, you have a junior heavyweight championship match, Will, uh, championship match, Will Ospreay defending his newly won title against Hiromu Takahashi. Um, and then uh, never openweight championship, Hiroki Goto defending against Evil. So that'll be pretty cool. Built up, you know, on the basis, again, that tag title match has both those guys. Um, but it's kind of cool because then at least you have, you know, the Evil and Sonata hold the tag titles. But, you know, you have their, their their upcoming singles match challengers challenging them to take the tag titles. It's cool. It's unique. And we just, we, they don't do it anymore. It's cool. And it leads into our main event, which is the IWGP Heavyweight Championship match, Okada versus Sonata. So both uh, both those members of that uh, in there, but those look like really fun cards. I'm pretty interested to see what goes on here. As I said, Joe and I will more extensively break down these cards, break down every single match uh, in a few weeks, but I just wanted to go over uh, the big ones for you right now. And then uh, before we get out of here, um, I did want to talk about All In. Of course, again, I apologize. It's going to be an abbreviated episode of, of Voice of Wrestling. Of course, Joe had to attend to personal matters, so that's why it's it's just me here and why it's just a little bit uh, shorter than usual. So I apologize. We'll be back next week fully. But uh, our Patreon supporters, you got three hours of us uh, last uh, last night, I should say. We went over our Wrestling Observer uh, newsletter ballots. So you, you got us. You've got plenty of me. you got plenty of Joe for, for a few days. So um, patreon.com slash Voices of Wrestling if you're not in there now. We definitely would encourage you to do that. Uh, throw $2 or $5 out there, you get a lot of good content for uh, for subscribing and showing your support. But uh, yeah, you can read all the details on what, what you'll get at patreon.com slash voices of wrestling. So now we'll f- uh, we'll finish off here with the all-in. So we talked about this many weeks ago, the the announcement of the Cody Rhodes Young Bucks uh, all-in show. Uh, I guess we'll, we'll like Kenny Omega to that too. He has officially said that he'll be a part of it. We, and we knew he was from the beginning. But uh, so the venue and the location have yet to be announced, but we do have a date for the all-in show. This is being advertised as the all-in 10,000-seat show. That is the goal, 10,000 seats. We're going to sell each and every one of those 10,000 seats, regardless of what venue we're in. Uh, where they're going to go is still up in the air. We're not quite sure. But uh, Cody did reveal on the official Twitter account for the event, which is uh, you, you can look forward to it. It's, it's, it's all, I think it's all underscore in underscore 2018. I'm not looking at it in front of me, but I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Um, that it will be taking place on September 1st. So September 1st is all-in show was going on which is interesting and we'll talk about why it's a little interesting so obviously 
if you're not aware of that, September 1st is Labor Day weekend, which is a good idea because then now it's a, it's a, it's a holiday weekend. So you're sort of assuming then that you're going to need flying traffic to get 10,000 people. There's no market in, in the country where a, a Bucks, Omega, Cody, Adam Page, and whoever, whoever else they get. There's no, I don't know if there's a market in the world that's going to sell out just by those guys running a show in, in their market. 10, they're not going to get 10,000 people anywhere. So you're going to need fly You're going to need people to fly in from across the country and, and potentially all across the world to get to that 10,000 mark, which is fine. That, that We know that. And that's why the September 1st date is being picked. Labor Day weekend, three-day holiday in the United States. Um, obviously, occurs during, uh, mentioned after SummerSlam, so it's not you know bumping up against SummerSlam or anything like that, bumping up anything with WWE. Uh, so it looks like a good idea. From my standpoint, I would say it's a pretty good idea. What is interesting, though, um, and what's kind of the wrinkle, and we don't know exactly what, is that it's it's also when PWG usually runs BOLA. Um, that's usually the last day. BOLA's been moved in the past. It's not the first time that they've sort of adjusted BOLA for reasons, but it'll be interesting to see. I mean, the Bucks are a huge part of PWG and a huge part of the Battle of Los Angeles, so I don't know. Is it competing against Battle of Los Angeles, or people have brought up? Is it potentially the second night of Battle of Los Angeles? Is this All In show? Is is it in conjunction with it, which maybe tips off that the All In show is going to happen in LA, and then you have night one of Bola, maybe night two of Bola, and then night three or whatever, or or whatever, whatever you want to, however you want to sort of structure it, the final night of Bola or what is going to be this All In show. So it's all going to build towards that. I don't know if I'd necessarily do that. I don't know if that's really the right idea. I like the idea of this being a separate thing and being a separate entity. Because I think one of the real appeals of the show is proving that the workers can do it on their own. It's it, it, it's 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 these guys running their own show. You know, not linked up with anybody. And yeah, there's going to be promotions that are going to be involved in sort of helping out with it or involved with promoting it or whatever. But the idea is that at the end of the day, there's only the names on the marquee are the wrestlers. It's these wrestlers banding together and proving that you can do it, you know, outside of the machine. That's where I really think the appeal is. And that's where I think you're really going to get more people rallied behind it. I mean, me personally, I, I feel like it would lose something if it was PWG presents all in or whatever you know the the final night of the battle of los angeles will be all in I, I i don't know i don't like that i like the idea of it being its own little thing so i don't know then if they've talked to pwg and pwg said yeah whatever we'll move bola to a few weeks prior or whatever or maybe a week after or whatever what who cares or if maybe it, it has no relation we're, we're assuming that there's a healthy relationship between the box and pwg which i have no reason to believe there isn't but that's the real question is 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 it running against Bola? Is it running with Bola? Or is Bola a non-factor in this? And it's really just about the date and really about the fact that it's on Labor Day weekend. I don't know. And that's going to be an interesting thing in terms of the venue as well. Because if you run with Bola, obviously you then have to run in California. We've heard other places mention Chicago. You know, Selfishly, I hope Chicago. But you know, I really do think Chicago is the best bet. I think you have the Pro Wrestling Tees connection. You have a, a, plenty of venues around here. The Sears Center was mentioned by Dave Meltzer on uh, the Wrestling Observer uh, uh, Radio uh, earlier this week. Uh, the Sears Center is in Hoffman Estates, Illinois. Just, you know, uh, a, a suburb of Chicago. I mean, it's it's going to be hard for like the, the, the city folk to get there or whatever. But you're going to – it's it's a nice centrally located place. I mean, people can all get there pretty easily easily uh it's a nice newer ish arena and it, it's perfect for the size they're talking about as well i mean they can they can try to run all-state arena but i i, I highly doubt WWE will let them do that the, the united center where the bulls and the blackhawks play i mean that's that's not going to happen and, and WWE's actually running a show there for the first time uh since SummerSlam 94 uh on the road to wrestlemania because of a conflict with the all-state arena but um that's not going to happen either. As far as other places, I mean, it's hard to... They, they ran the Odium for the, the ROH Global Wars, which is in Villa Park, which is a little bit closer to the city, so maybe a little bit better for, for your city folk. But um, 
I don't know if that arena can hold 10,000. I think it maybe have to be some real creative <laughs> things. I think they'd have to like knock down an ice rink or, or the the ring would have to be on an ice rink. I, I just don't know. It'd be clunky if it did that. But the Sears Center is a really good venue for that. Or, I don't know, maybe they found a theater or something like that. I don't know. Maybe I, I don't know what they've done in terms of uh, scouting for this. But uh, they've mentioned that they're going to find a location. But I think Chicago is good. It's centrally located as well. Not too far for anyone. You know, people from L.A. can get there. People from New York can get there pretty easily. You go to L.A., you lose a lot of the East Coast people. I don't know how many of those people really want to go on a big plane flight all the way to LA or whatever. So uh, there's also the cost involved too. I think Chicago would be, you know, a little bit cheaper for a lot of people to get to as, as being a big t- transportation hub. So I don't know. I selfishly, I want it to be Chicago and, you know, Sears Center would be great too. Cause it's like 10 minutes, you know, 10, 20 minutes away from my house. So I'm cool with that. And, and, and obviously, but I think it, Chicago would be a great spot for it, but we'll see. I don't know. And the big thing is now that we have that date, we can sort of try to, to connect the dots and figure out what's what and where it's going. But it's hard to know right now until we get that venue and until we know from PWG, but everyone's looking at PWG and wondering, okay, what is this now? What does this mean? And how is this involved? Uh, But another interesting part about um, uh, this announcement is obviously Cody made the announcement from the all in account, all in 2018. Uh, The account follows Cody, of course, you know, he's, he's, probably running the, the account for now. Uh, it also follows Matt Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Uh, it follows Kenny Omega, who has confirmed that he will be there. Uh, it follows Marty Skrull and, uh, Marty Skrull, and it follows Adam Page. So those are your big wrestlers. It also follows Aerostar Stephen Amell. And Stephen Amell was mentioned that he was all in, and he is in the header and stuff. So he is going to be involved in some form or fashion. I don't know if he's fronting money. I don't know, whatever. But that's a pretty good name to have in there. Now, the issue is people are sort of... People have drawn battle lines, and like Joe kind of laughed about it on our Twitter account at Voices Wrestling. You know, oh, who cares about the Arrow guy or whatever? And other people are like, oh no, so many people care about him, and you know, he's got the show's a big deal, and you know, he retweeted it, and a thousand people, you know, all these millions of people retweeted it and stuff, and that's all well and good or whatever. But how many of those people are flying to L.A. or Chicago to watch the show? And I guess that's the argument is I think it's somewhere in between. I think having Stephen Amell involved in it is going to help. Some of those casual fans, some of those people that might be around the fence and, and thinking about it would be pretty cool because him co-opting it will, will be fun. I mean, it'll be pretty cool, and I think you'll get people that, that are interested to see you know what he does with it and if he's involved with it. But I think people have to reel it in and understand that it's not everybody that watches Arrow and everybody that follows Stephen Amell on Twitter and everybody that might retweet or like something that he posts doesn't necessarily mean they're going to plop down whatever amount of money to fly across the country to go watch this wrestling show. So understand that. They might say, oh, Stephen Amell is doing something. That's cool. Oh, I love Stephen Amell. But that doesn't mean that they're doing that. So there's sort of this in-between. It's like I think he matters to an extent because he is a big star and, and a big deal. But I don't think that I think people are overrating how much he might mean to a wrestling show. I think it's going to help a little bit. It can't hurt. I guess at the end of the day, it cannot hurt to have him involved in it. But I think there's a there's a middle balance there. He's it, it's not like every single person that liked and retweeted is going to immediately go. I cannot wait to see this you know all in wrestling show. There might be some, but I I, I think that number is not very big. But I think, it, again, it can't hurt. There's no reason not to have him involved. And, again, I don't know if he's putting money into this or if it's a little bit of his investment in there, too. But uh, that would be pretty cool to see. And I think that's a good name to have and, and good for publicity, too. I mean, he's a guy that, um, if he's willing to do it, if he doesn't you know, wants to go on the press junkets and, and, and go on, on radio shows and TV shows or whatever, I think that could be important. Because, you know, maybe they don't want to bring on wrestling star Cody onto, you know, a news. And I'm not throwing Cody. I, let me say wrestling star Hangman Adam Page because Cody will get upset that we said that. But, you know what I mean? We're not, maybe necessarily don't, a news show wouldn't want to just have Cody or, or the Bucks or, or, or Hangman Page on. But we'll have Stephen Amell on to talk about Arrow and to talk about other stuff. And then he can throw on, oh, yeah, by the way, you know, this Sunday, you know, I'm doing this thing. And, and you can see it here in, in Hoffman Estates at the Sears Center or L.A. or whatever. So, so there's, a, there's a benefit to having Stephen Amell, uh, Amell involved in some form or fashion. Is the benefit as tremendous as some people are saying? Probably not, but I, I think, you know, again, there's, it, it can't hurt. So um, 
that's what we got on all in for right now. So I don't know if there's any news popping up uh, as I'm recording this. You know, as is, <laughs> you know, last week we were talking about Jay White being the lone wolf and how this, this, and this, and we immediately—I I swear to God—we hit, we hit stop. I got on Twitter and. Jay White's doing a press conference saying he joined Chaos, and it's like, you motherfuckers. So as I'm recording this, I'm sure something's going on. All in, I was probably announced their venue and announced the entire card, and Brian Danielson's going to be there, and Sam Punk's going to be there, and all shit. No, I'm joking, but like something probably has broken as, as I'm recording this. But uh, as far as I know, that's all we know for All In. And I think that's all we got for uh, tonight's on the Voice Wrestling Flagship Podcast. So, fortunately, as I said, sorry, this is kind of an abbreviated version. Uh, Joe had to attend to emergency, but I'm sure you guys will understand that life uh, will always get in the way of, of this wrestling show. It's always more important than uh, than this. And no offense to all you guys, but obviously, you know, when, when, when life beckons, we, we got to take that call. But, um, uh, yeah, that's it for, for me. I want to make sure you go to uh, VoicesOfWrestling.com. Check out all of our great content we have going on there. Uh, at Voices Wrestling on Twitter, VoicesOfWrestling.com slash forums are great message boards. Make sure you're on there uh, interacting with all the great wrestling fans that we have on there. Um, some other stuff to let you know as well. And uh, VoicesWrestling.com slash NJPW17book, our uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling ebook that I, you're definitely want to buy. You can download for free if you just kind of want to check it out, or you can uh, name your own price. Uh, on, on PayHip is the one option. Then there's also a $5.99 Amazon Kindle option as well. So if you want to just get it on your Kindle and, and pay the $5.99, you can do that. Um, but, yeah, we really encourage you to, to, to support any way you can because uh, all the money that we make from the book goes back to the contributors and goes to the people that that that, that helped make the book happen. So uh, we would definitely uh, love if you could consider con- contributing in, in some form or fashion. It's, it's an awesome book, too. It's 900 pages, awesome illustrations, a lot of good stuff in there. So I think you're going to find a lot of stuff that you like. Profiles of wrestlers, re- reviews of, of, of every single show, uh, breakdowns of title histories, breakdowns of tournaments, like a lot of really good stuff. Great essays this year. As I mentioned, the art is, is incredible. So I think you're going to want to lend your support. But again, if you want to download for free, we have no issue doing that. But just consider supporting something because it helps all the contributors that, that, that put their hard work into the book. Uh, and then last but not least, of course, patreon.com slash voices of wrestling. Joe and I subscription. Um, you get idea of what you get for your, uh, your, your bucks. You get two bucks, five bucks are two options. Nice and easy, very easily laid out in terms of what you're going to get for those two. So you'll see, we've had a lot of good stuff come up already for the $5. As I mentioned, the wrestling observer newsletter awards, we had that pop up, uh, yesterday. Uh, I played a little WCW NW world tour on YouTube stream, uh, over the weekend. So that's part of it as well. And then Joe had a uh, news update about some uh, contract extensions and contract talk going on in new Japan pro wrestling as well. So that's always fun stuff to do on there. I should mention as well, as we do that, Kenny Omega re-upped. So Kenny Omega will be with New Japan for yet an, uh, for an entire another year. So January 1st, 2019, we can have the same, uh, or January 31st, uh, 2019, we can have the same discussions again. But Kenny Omega re-ups with New Japan, so he's there for now. But uh, Joe alludes to some other contract issues going on as well. So again, that's what you get for your five bucks, and there's plenty of other stuff coming uh, over the next month as well. Other than the $2, you get the overrun, which is going to be our extended segment when these flagships go long. I see this week is not one of them, but when the flagships go long, we no longer have to be stop at three, three hours. If there's something we need to talk about, we're going to go on an additional hour and the overrun is going to be that, and you'll get that. And with the $2, you get at least one of those overrun segments every single month. So pretty cool stuff there. So patreon.com slash voice of wrestling. And then we also want to thank our sponsors on this week's uh, episode, Dollar Shave Club, dollarshaveclub.com slash voices. You can join the club. Um, they're basically, as I said, giving away their shit showered shave starter set for five bucks. You get the executive razor, trial size razors, shave butter, body wash, and one wipe, Charlie butt wipes. And of course, I want to thank our other sponsor this week, SeatGeek, uh, the easiest way to buy tickets. Download the SeatGeek app and use our promo code VOW to get $20 off, straight up 20 bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase. I recently bought tickets uh, to a Bulls game on SeatGeek, as I mentioned. Super easy to use. You're going to love it. Download the app SeatGeek. Use promo code VOW. First purchase, 20 bucks off. For Joe Lanza, I'm Rich Krejci, and we'll see you next time on the Voice Wrestling Podcast. Take care.
In a world of one million wrestling podcasts, there is a new shining star with great interviews, analysis, music, and, and me, Matt Coon, on total engagement. Go to any podcast platform to listen today.